This is Free Talk Live. It's your show, and you can bring up what you want if you dial toll-free to 1-800-259-9231. That is the SACL CAI toll-free line, and it's Ian here with you. And Mark. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features are free. So enjoy those on us. Again, that's freetalklive.com. Starting things out, uh, I get some pretty cool news tonight to talk about real... Uh, well, we'll get to it after this first call. Let's talk to Joe in Pennsylvania. You're on Free Talk Live. Hello, Joe. Well, Joe. we got a right ready running for president, don't we, from different parts of the country. You got a, a what running a for lot, president? A unusual variety. Delaware, I'm... Illinois, Arizona, and Alaska. Well, that seems pretty irrelevant, sir. But, well, it, uh, okay. yeah, well, I think it's relevant. No, I mean, you... Well, they want from the big populous states. Right. Normally you see Texas, uh, California, New York, Yeah, it Florida. seems like political... Uh, I don't know any Florida they, ones. It seems the rest like... of the country will be able to identify with them. Yeah, well, I don't know, whatever. It, it, they're all politicians to me, sir, and it doesn't matter what plot of land they were born in. What matters to me is it, whether it or not they want to control college. Well, what matters to me, sir, is whether or not they want to control my life, and all of yeah. them do, and that's the only thing that's relevant to me. If you want to focus on political uh, silliness like that, it, it's fine. not silliness. One uh, of these I mean, people is going to be our president, and it, it does matter what state they're and, from. And, and it's no, it doesn't. States are nothing more than imaginary lines in the sand. It matters whether they get elected or not. Terribly sorry, sir. Go ahead. Okay, so uh, who who's running for the uh, cut? Constitutional Party. Oh, some other freak that wants to control people's what lives. Is it? B- Chuck B- Baldwin. Baldwin, yes. Oh, that one. Okay. Yeah. Got anything else? Uh, that's it for now. All right, thank you, sir. Thanks. 800-259-9231. That's the CAI toll-free line. Hey, I just rolled out of bed, all right? (laughs) Cut me a break. Why? You didn't cut (laughs) Joe one. Hey, you know, it is relevant. I'm sorry. I I went a little bit uh, harsh on that, but it is totally irrelevant. It's nothing more than political trivia. It's relevant. No, it's not. It, it does not matter one iota what plot of geographical land you have been pushed out of your mother's womb on. It, what matters is your position on freedom. What matters is your thoughts about liberty and whether or not you want to allow your neighbors to live their lives as free people. I don't give a damn where you've come from. Ah, see, now that's the key. It's what you don't give a damn about. It's relevant to you whether they're about uh, whether the candidate's about freedom. It's relevant to me. It's not. It may or may. Uh, not be relevant. It's certainly not relevant to the vast majority of Americans, yeah. and that one of those people is going to be the president of the United States. And you know, what, and what it he, doesn't matter which one it is. I think it. I think not it does to some wit. extent, but I'm not, not sure. One iota. How y- you can't know. Nothing at all. It matters not at all. 800-259-9231. All right. So big news tonight because we have uh, you've decided. I guess we decided in advance of the program that we're extending our offer. Right. right. I got an email in from uh, uh, Terry here, and he says, I was thinking if you extend your St. Jude offer until the end of tonight's show, you could push it a bit throughout and then announce the grand total at the end of the show. This will encourage more sign-ups, provide some tension, having listeners be more curious about the final total. You could even use a drum roll when revealing the total. <laughs> it's got quite a flair for the dramatic. Um, I do have a drum roll. I, I think that to some extent last night we... Uh, shirked our responsibility as talk show hosts and, di- and didn't really talk about uh, the St. Jude drives. I mean, we're getting we're getting right down to the end. Last night didn't, didn't feel talk, like we talked about it last night like once. Okay, yeah, for, for for once briefly, and I think that uh, you know if you if we push it a few times tonight, that will uh, 
th- that will help, as Terry says, uh, drive some people. So there. you're saying a little sense of urgency, last minute push. You've got till the end of the show, 10 o'clock Eastern time tonight to get signed up. And if so, what's the current number at, Mark? You said last night was like 25 bucks. It's 25 bucks, yeah. $25. Every person who signs up, there's $25 goes to St. Jude's Hospital to help kids with cancer. I spoke with St. Jude today. They're, uh, they, you know, the gal there, Maddie, she was very happy about the drive. She, um, you know, she wants us to do quite well. Of so, course. Well, you know, she could have, I was a little reticent to have the conversation. Uh, she could have said, Free State Project, you people are nuts. <laughs> I don't want, we don't want anything to do yeah. with that. But she'll take the money, and that's, uh, that's a good thing. So, obviously, it's going to help the kids that, uh, generally, what St. Jude's does is they, they take care of the family. The family isn't given a bill at the end of it all. Mm-hmm. They do uh, cancer research, all kinds of childhood diseases. Essentially, they're a children's hospital as opposed to a cancer research place. Um, she said that they're doing one of the few places in the country that's allowed to do research on the bird flu. So, so if you sign up tonight by the end of the show, then 25 bucks. Correct. We'll go to the Children's Hospital, St. Jude Children's Hospital. Do you want to do a running total on where we're at? How many we should people probably, have signed yeah, up? Yeah, we should. Okay. Um, we're currently 76 people. That's a lot. That's pretty good. Yeah. it's it's For a big, week in the Free State Project. Biggest week the Free State had in uh, quite some time, Yeah, I think, probably years. since the vote, I would guess. I would, I would guess yeah. so, too. So probably five years, almost. Has the vote been that long? Yeah. Gosh. All right. So like is that it? it? Uh, yeah. All right. Sign up. All right, so 800-259-9231. I said we were going to talk about the national service situation. I know you had an email you wanted to get to. But let's just real quick cover something we didn't have a chance to cover earlier this week. As you know, if you've been listening this past week, over the weekend there was a conference in New York City, September 11th and 12th, where they used the September 11th tragedy to pander to Americans uh, to tell them essentially, I mean, the, the shortened, truncated version of the message that went across the entire weekend was that bureaucrats are better, that the people that serve are bureaucrats. Yes. And the Anybody rest else of is, you, you might be a volunteer. That's yeah. great and everything. Or you but work you're in the not private serving sector. until yeah. you're a bureaucrat and everyone right. should serve. Right. It doesn't matter if you are working hard in the private sector, uh, going and doing things for people and actually creating valuable products and services. Right. And I would say that you do far more in the private sector Absolutely. than bureaucrats do for uh, society because, in general. Because bureaucrats don't have any incentive to give good service. They have no incentive to provide a a product or service that the marketplace is interested in. Whatever it is they provide is what you have to take. Because if you don't take it, they're going to hurt you. Yeah. Throw you out of your home. Steal stuff from you. So that's not service. That's like the mafia calling itself a service provider. No, I'm sorry. If you're operating at the barrel of a gun, if you're operating under threat of violence then you are not being served. You're being extracted from, you're being stolen from, you're being victimized, not served. I think people need to, uh, when you make a statement like that, I think you have to back it up. Um, when, by, by the barrel of a gun, we mean uh, when the government does business, they do it with force. They sent me a threat today, as a matter of fact. We can get to that. You know, you get your your, um, your annual threat from the property tax uh, in the form of a property tax bill. By threat, I mean if you don't send that money in, they take your house away. That's a threat. Uh, you know, you have to send in your annual uh, contribution to the government. Um, contribution has that kind of voluntary sound, I should say. You know, it's a tax. And if you don't do it, you go to jail. The government operates by force. 
So they had this conference that was, again, trying to separate bureaucrats from the rest of society and put them up on this pedestal, which the government is so good at, with its trophies, its award ceremonies, its pomp, its circumstance, medals. Uh, And, of course, whenever a bureaucrat dies, they always get special treatment, as we discussed earlier this week with a train crash situation where one bureaucrat was on the train, the rest were all private people. And they, you know, brought out a special flag-draped coffin for the bureaucrat while the rest of them were just left to lay on the pavement with white plastic tarped over them. It just, you know, oh again, it's they're better than you. And that was the message over the weekend. So the message was they're better than you, so you should become one because you're not really great. They actually said this at one point. You're not great until you serve. And when they say serve, they mean work for the government. That's what they mean. Yeah. Now they try to conflate it with voluntary, uh, with with volunteerism. Right. And the, 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 you know they are they're using that um, this sort of volunteerism aspect to it. But you voluntary voluntarily decide whether or not to become a bureaucrat. That much That's is true. Where it ends. But this AmeriCorps uh, program that they have gives something like ten thousand dollars a year in living expenses right. to people. It isn't great pay or anything, but it. It's pay. Volunteers, I mean, how many of them go out there and spend their own money? Habitat for Humanity. Most the, of them. The people that go out and do Habitat for Humanity, they spend their own money. They bring their own tools. Likely they're using their own nails. Don't forget the gasoline to get there, the gasoline to get yep. back. Sorry, government bureaucrats so slapping those are people's not face. volunteers. They have volunteered for the job, but they are not volunteers. And that's what they're trying to conflate, and they're trying to confuse people, and that way they can use all the great volunteer efforts out there to tie in to what government is doing, which is in a completely different category. But how are they going to initiate this program? We'll tell you more. This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up what you want if you dial toll-free to 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. It is Ian here with you. And Mark. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. The features, they're free. So enjoy those on us, including archives. We've got an entire year's worth of the program right there on the front page of the website. Download and enjoy for free at freetalklive.com. And uh, the Free State Project is bringing you Free Talk Live. And they've been bringing you Free Talk Live for quite a long time. Uh, They're a great organization. Free State Project is looking to move 20,000 liberty-loving activists here to the state of New Hampshire in order to get active for liberty so we can actually achieve liberty in our lifetime. It is possible, and if you ask me, it's not even going to take 20,000. That's one of the reasons why they've created additional sign-up options for you to get signed up, uh, perhaps sign up with a trigger. Maybe if John McCain or Barack Obama wins the election, for instance, that may be your trigger that will say, okay, that's it, I've had it. I'm moving to New Hampshire as part of the Free State Project. Go to freestateproject.org and get signed up. And if you sign up by the end of this show, this live program tonight, uh, that's 10 o'clock Eastern Time, then myself and Mark and I think two or three other gentlemen, two others others will be sending $25 to the St. Jude Children's Hospital. But that's only if you sign up for the Free State Project by the end of the show tonight. So please go to freestateproject.org. Dot org. As we continue discussing the uh, service nation or national slavery situation, service nation and organization of organizations, various different groups, including Time Magazine, Target, uh, Home Depot, other groups and organizations, the AARP, have all come together 
to call for more service. Now, I think that a lot of these groups that are calling for this, maybe they're confused because the government people that are out there putting this idea forth, people like John McCain and Barack Obama, who came for really small states, by the way. Uh, anyway, they're putting this idea forth and... They are uh, plugging it hard. Time Magazine has apparently an entire issue, which I have not yet seen because obviously I don't buy Time Magazine. But apparently they devoted a significant chunk of their issue to the idea of national service, which, as we explained last segment, was is essentially them encouraging people to become bureaucrats. Now, a lot of us were concerned that initially this was going to be a coercive program on its face in that every American adult between a certain age range would be forced to work for the government for a certain period of time, perhaps a year to two years. The good news for now is that it's not going to be that up front, at least from what I can tell, it's not going to be that up front. The politicians are saying, oh, no, I wouldn't support such a thing. Now, of course, they'll probably end up supporting it after they get elected, and then it won't really matter what they said, right? Because politicians always say different things to to get elected. So they're saying they won't support it uh, being coercive at the moment, and indeed the legislation may not be coercive. But how are they going to implement this? How are they going to accomplish their goal of, say, I believe uh, McCain and uh, Obama are both co-signers on a piece of legislation that will triple the size of the AmeriCorps bureaucracy, if I'm not mistaken? Yeah, that's, that's correct. Um, you know, the, uh, they've, um, the, the idea behind AmeriCorps is they've claimed <clears throat> this program has had an eight times return on the dollar, uh, <laughs> you know, and they didn't give a time frame, as I heard. This was on NPR. Yeah. They didn't give a time frame um, as to when this eight-time return was. Obviously, it's not in a year hmm. because, well, you couldn't get, a, you know, a bureaucrat <laughs> to return. And how they quantify this, I don't Who know. Knows? But they just give that statistic. Yeah. Well, once again, you get into the area of is government efficient. Well, if you get an eight-time return on an employee that's a, a government bureaucrat and you can get a... Uh, eight times the six number I've used in the past, so 48 time return on an employee that is over what 10 year period, 20 year period. I don't know what mm. they use there. Um, 48 times on an employee that's in the private sector. What's more efficient? Yeah. It would be the private sector, clearly. Sure. So they don't compare them because no. you can't compare the government to the private sector because they get whooped every time. Sure enough. And so this uh, particular bill wants to triple the size of AmeriCorps. I don't know what else it wants to do. I'm sure that's not the only thing. But if we just stop there, then you ask yourself, okay, well, how are they going to do that? How are they going to recruit people to fill what are essentially the lowest paid bureaucrat jobs I've ever heard of? $10,000 a year for a full-time position, plus in some cases, depending on the, the job they're given to do, in some cases they'll be given a house to stay in, which is a, a pretty big expense for people. So that's I'm sure they're staying with other bureaucrats uh, you know, who are low-level bureaucrats, yeah. which means that you're dealing – you know, I'm, I, I don't know. I, they're going to be young. They may yes. not be of uh, the highest caliber. Uh, do you really want roommates that are picked for you by the government? This is, okay, I don't that's want, a good point. I yeah. don't want them any more than I want, uh, <laughs> than I want uh, food that's been served to me by the government. AmeriCorps is nothing more than, it seems to Jeez me at least, lines. from looking at it, it seems to me to be nothing more than an introduction to bureaucracy program. You uh, get sort of your feet wet on being a bureaucrat. You work around other professional bureaucrats who, you know, of course, you get to know some of them, and it's all you about network. who you know, right? Uh, so then by the time your year or two is up in AmeriCorps, then you can move on to some other bureaucracy, presumably. 
and because they'll have effectively brainwashed these well, kids even more. And by the that government point. program, the government employees themselves are getting older and older. Uh, statistically, mm-hmm. they the government needs a great needs to do a great deal of recruiting, and I imagine that this is exactly what this is lined up for. I've thought about it several times. It hasn't been convenient to talk about. I don't think it really matters um, why it is they're doing it. But the fact is, the government bureaucracies are being depopulated, and I imagine it's because people realize, wow, it sucks to work for the government. Well, it's interesting, though. Normally, Mark, they, when uh, the government bureaucracies are having trouble recruiting, for instance, with the military, you'll see that frequently they'll up some money. They'll start throwing around some cash. They'll, They're doing that now with the, with the uh, AmeriCorps. Yeah, they, They're they dropping are. our money, which, you know, that's what the government always uses because it doesn't have its own. They're dropping our money on paying for the uh, recruitment in this, these AmeriCorps programs and, and things of that lo- nature. Well, I thought it was interesting what – I think it was McCain or Obama. I mean, they're basically the same. Uh, what I think yeah, McCain – I'll see if I can dig up one of his quotes about how it is that they're going to deal with the fact that these people are very, very low paid. So how are you going to – oh, here it is. To McCain, do you, you did something really interesting by blending military and civilian service. Why not have mandatory service of this blended type so you can opt out of the military part and scrub toilets? And McCain essentially said, this is a paraphrase, not an exact quote, of what McCain said in response. There are many ways to serve, and all government programs are tremendous successes. George Bush apparently said Yeah, well, whatever. They all sound the same. (laughs) We have to reward people as much as possible, but not too much. In order to do this, we must indoctrinate with nationalism so satisfaction increases the reward. Now, he, never, he probably never said nationalism. Again, this is our listener sort of paraphrasing what his answer was. I'm getting this from the Service Nation thread on the Free Talk Live BBS. But I did watch McCain's speech and, uh, and also the, the Obama one. It was just disgusting, the things they were saying. But the, he's basically saying that we need to indoctrinate people with this mindset that the country is all. And that is his uh, campaign slogan, isn't it? Really it really is. Uh, country first, I believe. Anyway, the idea that the collective is greater than the individual, that the state state is uh, is the great ruler and that the state and is it, it subs- really brings to mind to me that America is the birthplace of fascism the fascist thinkers mm. um, and I'm not talking about you know throw the throw the Jews in the ovens kind of fascism I'm yeah. talking about yay nation um, right. the state over the individual use my body I am not my own man I am part of the state the great apparatus of that thing we call the state. Anyway, that's what they're going to do, is they're going to teach kids, which they're already doing, that the nation is great, government is great, and that they should feel good about getting paid $10,000 a year to be a full-time bureaucrat. But how are they going to bring them in? What's this, uh, the technique? You already mentioned the money, Mark. And, of course, they're going to be targeting young people. We'll come back with more. It's Free Talk Live. With your help, we can spread the message of liberty around the world. Consider becoming a Free Talk Live amplifier for just $3 a month now at amp.freetalklive.com. If you can't afford it, keep enjoying us for free. If you can spare the three, visit amp.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. You bring up what you want. Dial toll-free to 1-800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. It's Ian here with you. And Mark. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. The features are free. Enjoy those on us. Again, freetalklive.com. And those features include the wiki with over 1,700 pages created by listeners just like you. Head over to wiki.freetalklive.com. Get interactive. W-I-K-I.freetalklive.com. 
I have a subscription to the Executive Summaries for Leaders, and it's great. These uh, summaries are the best business books in the uh, business stores today. You can try a one-month free subscription. Log on to eChapter1.com. That's E as an easy, chapter, O-N-E, dot com. Use discount code FTL. I think you get a free free month subscription that way. So we're talking about the plan that the... Republicans and Democrats have for national slavery. They're going to call it national service. And it may not be slavery right up front. Yeah, they're going to probably try to persuade people to join the program initially. And what they're looking to do, and by, by the way, our man Bile from blogofbile.com is uh, apparently he's gotten his hands on the text of the national service legislation. That he's really taking this thing and run with it. I'm Yep. And Glad so, he's on the job. So he's apparently in the midst of writing a summary of exactly what this particular legislation entails. But I do understand at the very least it is going to double or triple the size of the AmeriCorps bureaucracy, which is essentially a government program designed to introduce young people to the world of being a bureaucrat and having a full-time bureaucrat job for very, very low pay, $10,000 a year plus sometimes a uh, housing stipend. And... Of course, they're, as we mentioned before, conflating this with real volunteerism. It's not. It's being a bureaucrat, and they're going to continue using the apparatus of the state as well as mass media like Time Magazine uh, and other, you know, probably I'm sure you'll see MTV or something like that oh, end up I'm getting sure. this down the line. And they'll tell kids that this is what they should do. And in fact, how are they going to motivate them, though? How would they motivate a young person to go and uh, stop whatever it is they're doing in their life? Because some young people are interested in doing certain things. I know I wanted to be in radio. I'd figured that out by age 17, for instance. How are you going to stop a young person from doing what they're doing to interrupt that for a year or two years? I think two years is the planned idea. Uh, Two years of their life to go just drop it all and work for a government bureaucracy. Well, the first thing you'd have to do is you'd have to uh, spend their whole lives um, and likely the lives of their parents and their grandparents inundating them with the idea that you're never going to amount to anything unless you go to college. Right. And the best people are bureaucrats. That idea is important, that, too. That's, that's a good one, that the, that a government job's a good job because, well, you don't really have to work that hard. And, and you're it's always good pay, and yeah. they always have great benefits. benefits Don't forget right. the dental and the optical. Sure. I, I've, I've had uh, two uh, significant others that have worked for the government. I know that their, their insurance is the best insurance. Plus, if it turns out, and this will be uh, one of the real sweet ones for them, because one of the other indoctrinations they've been told for a long time is you've got to go to college. So what they'll do is they'll throw in this college bonus They'll say, and they were talking about this on the Service Nation Summit that I, that I watched, a part of it that I watched. They were talking about how, well, college is so expensive these days, which, by the way, is the fault of the government. It's because of government intervention in education that college is so expensive, but that's another issue. So government drove up the cost of college, and now it can use that incredibly high price and say, hey, kids, you know – I, uh, we understand you may not want to join the military. They got all that die-in going on over there in the Middle East. But if you join AmeriCorps and you become a bureaucrat over in AmeriCorps, we'll give you a you know fill-in-the-blank amount of number five. I think five thousand dollars has been thrown around on the low side. We'll give you a five thousand dollar college bonus. In when a you lot get of colleges, out. that won't buy your books no, for that's, a year. Yeah, that's ch- <laughs> it's chump change, but. Kids don't have that kind of perspective, right? For somebody who's 17 or 16 or whatever, they see $5,000 as being 
pretty significant. And how long right? is this AmeriCorps uh, volunteer, not volunteer, this AmeriCorps job supposed to last? Two years? Two years. Maybe two years five grand for five a year. grand? God, that's Maybe nothing. that's not the number, Mark. Maybe They're going to give higher. A, a signing bonus of, uh, of a free iPod, too, right? Well, it may end up being higher than that. I, I don't know. It, it's just I'm just throwing an idea out there as far as what I understood from what I took away from the discussion over the weekend is that they're going to go after young people and they're going to essentially bribe them into this program. Well, what else would they do? I mean, yeah. that's that's the only oh, thing that oh, makes I've any sense. Oh, I've got an idea, though. I'm, Besides I'm, the draft. No, no. It's not, it's not going to be the full draft, see. What they're going to do is they're going to I – mean, this is my prediction for their next step. They'll start with the bonuses and all that and the, the, the hanging the carrots out. But then after that, they can easily change to – you have to come work for AmeriCorps in order to get your high school diploma. That makes sense. Because everybody's got to have a high school diploma, right? Well, no, that's nonsense. It's not true. There have been plenty of successful people that have made it without getting a high school diploma. Right. And, and as you and said, Mark, you can lie do, about it. This will cause – it will actually create a, uh, a market situation. And I, by market, I mean the, the, the free inter- and voluntary interaction of people. This will create a market uh, situation where people say, you know what? They quit in 11th grade, and they say, I've got all I'm going to get out of high school, mm-hmm. and I'm just going to go get my GED. Well, I hope so. I, I hope that's what happens. I, I, and, and as somebody suggested, I think it was Nick, he suggested it would be pretty tough to implement that because then you're talking about every single high school kid, and I would agree with him there. So yeah. I don't Can you know. imagine trying to be the boss of a whole bunch of high school kids yeah. that really don't want to be there? They're not volunteering so, for their own purposes. Cool. I don't know how they'll handle that. Maybe they'll put stipulations on it. Maybe it'll, it'll only be for kids that get a C or below or something like that. I don't know exactly what they'll do, but it seems like they'll, they'll get away with it because they've been getting away with it. You know how they like to government likes to use its past aggressions as an excuse to continue to aggress. Mm-hmm. So when I was in high school, and this is a decade ago, there was a 30-hour requirement for working in community service. Now remember that's that's real community service as in you're working at volunteering organizations and stuff like that. But the idea that they put that in there as a requirement to graduate high school shows you that they could very easily get away with it when it comes to serving your government and your high serving your a, country. Your high school was a little different than most, but True. that doesn't change the fact that it, high it, it, wouldn't change, it wouldn't be that difficult for them to do that, period. Exactly. Or, or for the, uh, the the academic scholarship programs that many states have, that, that right. kind of thing. It would be very, very easy. So what did you do with your uh, community service? Oh, I botched it. You know, I, I just basically... What did I do? I... I think I worked in like a computer lab or something like that, which I was going to do anyway, and managed For the school. Yeah, that's volunteering. Like that. Yeah, <laughs> okay, yeah, something like that. So you did something in uh, your. Uh, it's been during 10 your years, study hall. Man. I don't know. I don't really remember exactly what it was, but it it wasn't real work. I'll tell you that. <laughs> anyway, uh, so that's my prediction. And then, of course, remember they can always bring in the other age range because they're going to focus on young people first, just because they're docile and they're young and you know they don't know what they're doing. And then they can also focus on old people. Remember the story out of New York, Mark, about how the property taxes were going up so high that these poor old folks Old folks are getting afford, kicked out of their homes. Right. They can't afford the property taxes. They didn't want to get kicked out of their homes. So the government came up with a plan. And the government said to these old people, they said, well... You know, we know you're having a tough time paying these property taxes, and we know you still want to live in the beautiful little city of fill-in-the-blank. 
Well, here's what we've come up with. You can come work for us. You old folks have so much job experience and you're so great. And we're just going to have you come in here and we've got jobs for you. You, okay, Mildred, you can go and answer the phone over there. And uh, let's see, Beatrice, you can go file some papers back in the back. I'd be filing them all wrong just because those (laughs) damn people turn me into a a, a peon. And and that's really, go look at the definition of peon. That's exactly. Exactly what it right. is. Well, and we're going to bring you down here, uh, Roderick. You can teach classes since you used to be a teacher. We're going to bring in as a substitute teacher. And, you know, they found all these little uh, jobs around the, the community for the, the old folks to do. Planting flowers and, and mediums. Right, right. And they, they basically said, okay, and you can work it off. You, can, you owe us $20,000 or whatever the amount is. You can pay off your property taxes. We'll give you 10 bucks an hour credit. Sweet. And they're doing it. They're getting away with it. It's happening right now. So it wouldn't be hard for the um for the AmeriCorps program or the I think I heard Barack Obama mention Senior Corps. Apparently they uh, if they don't already have it, I think they do. They want to create all these new cores. <laughs> so they'll have a Senior Corps and you get a discount on your prescriptions or you get money to credits towards your property taxes or federal taxes, whatever. They'll come up with something to bring old people in, and then they'll start narrowing the age range, and then they'll start making figuring, figuring out ways to make it coercive and mandatory. Just wait. It's all coming. Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up anything. Just dial toll-free to 1-800-259-9231. That is the SACL CAI toll-free line. It is Ian here with you. And Mark. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features, they're free, so enjoy those on us. Again, that's freetalklive.com. And, Mark, we've got a sign-up update from the Free State Project. We mentioned at the beginning of the hour, if you sign up for the Free State Project, perhaps you've been sitting on the fence, sign up at the end of the show tonight, $25 will be donated to the St. Jude's Children's Hospital. And how many sign-ups have we got? So we've far? got, well, uh, since the beginning of the show, in total we've had uh, 70, at, at the beginning of the show, 76 sign-ups, and we've had three additional since we've uh, started tonight. That's pretty good. I think it's it's really good. I mean, it's, you know, when you look at this, three sign-ups could have been, uh, that, that would have been an entire two, two Half days. Half a week, yeah. yeah two days sign-ups there. Now we're doing it in an hour. It's a big that, commitment, yeah. as you said during the break. This drive has been really great for the Free State Project. So it'll continue to the end of the show. Uh, get signed up, freestateproject.org. And don't forget to, uh, if you're looking to help support Free Talk Live, we could use your assistance if you go to amazon.freetalklive.com. Essentially, a percentage of your purchase, even if you're buying used items, will end up going to the show. So do your shopping over at amazon.freetalklive.com. So we go to your phone calls. Mark in Indiana, you're on Free Talk Live. Hey, what's up, guys? Hey, Mark. What's, on? what's on your mind? Oh, no, Mark, you're talking about this uh, organization, uh, AmeriCorps. And um, essentially, I, I guess what's doing is just networking or allying up with the government and receiving um, taxpayer dollars for this program, or? I'm sorry, what's your question? I don't understand. Uh, this uh, organization is doing this, AmeriCorps. It is a government uh, bureaucracy. Of... AmeriCorps is a government bureaucracy, federal oh, government bureaucracy. Okay, I thought it was a voluntary organization that no. at this time is working with the government for something. They try to purport themselves as though they're a volunteer organization, but that's just them being sneaky. It's a, go- it's a government bureaucracy. Okay, so it's like an agency. Yeah, 
It's just like, uh, you know, it's just like the FBI or the CIA or uh, the post office or anything, any other government federal. Post, post office isn't uh, a government anymore. Uh, yeah, it's still government to some extent. But anyway, it's just like any other government bureaucracy at the federal level, except they okay, pay their I, bureaucrats I it less. More voluntary. It could be more compared to, uh, or a corporation more compared to, like, fascism, you know? It, it is like um, fascism, uh, with what they're doing, in that they're getting people to worship the state and uh, think that the state is above them and that the state is greater than the individual. That's, that's, that seems kind of fascist to me. It's also well, kind yeah, of socialist. nationalistic. I was just yeah. wondering, I'm trying to uh, understand that system. Obviously, socialism is pretty easy to understand, and, you know, laissez-faire capitalism. But uh, what are some other examples besides, you know, the Federal Reserve Banks um, of fascism? Well, I think that it's um, probably the best examples is this extreme nationalism that went on in uh, Italy and and Spain, where they talk about you know how the person needs to serve the state, not serve each other in the sort of the communistic sense. And that's communism was the uh, the ideal that socialism would uh, would purport. And you know, obviously, there's never been a communist country, and there never will be because you just can't do it. But um, you know the fascist countries say the country first, and often there's a there's a very martial sense to it. You you serve the country itself, and uh, yeah, of course there's always a bad there's generally a bad guy, and in our case it's probably the Islamo fascists out there or the uh, the, the immigrants, um, illegal immigrants. Of course we like regular immigrants. That's what everybody says, but we don't like those illegal ones. Also, one of the key differences between fascism and socialism is. I understand it, is that in socialism, the government owns all the industries, and in fascism, they allow private owners to sort of own the business, but the fascists control the industries, essentially. So the government still is in control of what the industries can and can't do, uh, but essentially they do allow you to have this sort of ownership feeling still, uh, essentially. But would, uh, would uh, like legal monopolies, would that be an example of fascism? I would say so, I yeah. So. If if you're talking about like the the power company or yeah, the energy companies, right? Yeah, mm-hmm. certainly. Or any time you've got a, a sort of mercantilist situation where they've got existing business owners using the government to keep other people out, that's kind of fascist to me. Uh, where if you've got a plumbers or the restaurateur association and they've got their licensing boards and you have to go and you have to do all these things and pay all this money in order to actually jump in and actually to enter that field and compete, that that seems fascist to me. So there's been fascism going on in this country for a long time, and there's been socialism going on in this country for a long time as well. It's just that it's getting more and more obvious, more and more brazen at this point. Yeah, uh, there's a book called, uh, I think you guys have heard of it, by Dale Lorenzo called How Capitalism Saved America. I've heard of it, yes. Yeah, and uh, FDR, I guess, um, author's going into a little bit of detail how he was, uh, you know, pretty big fascist. But, yeah, it's just a system, you know, I don't think many people know much about. A lot of people on the left, they, can, they just call that, you know, capitalism and, you know, monopoly is one of the evils of capitalism, which is it's not whatsoever. Yeah, but, uh, there, and in a uh, free market, uh, voluntary interactions, you'll never, ever see a monopoly. Now, you might see some uh, situation where uh, one company has a control, you know, has, has a great deal of control over mm-hmm. the industry. They often yeah. like to use uh, standard oil, which they didn't have in a monopoly. And within a decade, they had lost a great deal of their customers to competition because there wasn't enough, there wasn't regulation in, in the industry. But... Think about Ma Bell. She was the only telephone company in this country for decades. The only way she could do it was the government. Exactly. Right. And there's natural monopolies. A lot, of, you know, Microsoft is one good example. I don't know. 
Not, uh, no, I'm sorry. I know people love to, to throw Microsoft out there as the big bad guy, but they are not a monopoly in any way, shape, or form. They do not have government backing them up. They, uh, what they have is a significant market share of consumer computer, uh, consumer operating software, but it's not a monopoly because they don't have 100%. If you don't have 100%, I'm sorry, you don't have a monopoly. And in, indeed, even if you had 100%, as long as there are other people operating in the marketplace, you still don't really have a monopoly as long as you can choose something else and you can you can choose linux you can choose apple you can choose uh well i guess that's about it but you can choose other things uh, os x or no i guess that's apple anyway uh so no microsoft is not a monopoly and in fact they don't even uh have m- massive market share in every area of computer operating systems linux. and they're losing my- market share because the fact is apple's, apple's taking marketing it away. itself very well linux um, is taking linux it away has this uh undubundu, thing <laughs> that they uh that they uh you know got out there that is supposedly very user friendly and linux dominates the server marketplace the business uh behind the scenes kind of operating system marketplace dominates there so sorry microsoft not a monopoly well, yeah i'm just saying there's some examples of natural monopoly no there's not you know, no linux, there's not a single one find me one find one 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 natural monopoly uh, I can't do it, but I'm sure it could happen. There it's isn't. Just, yeah. <laughs> Not even yeah, the beers. Well, yeah, essentially right. If prices, um, you, you know, if a competing company or interest wanted to be involved, they could, you know, raise the quality of the products and services and lower the prices, which would then take the customers away from the so-called monopoly. But, yeah, I don't think there is. I've, I've heard of the term, but... Right, it's only in theory. It's only a theoretical because as, as soon as a company gets too big for its britches, uh, it's gotten too large, they're taking on too much, then they get more and more bureaucratic. I mean, Mark, Mark you and I, we used to work for Clear Channel, which is a great example, I think. And Mark, thanks, thank you, Mark, the caller, for the yeah. call. Uh, you and I, we used to work for Clear Channel. In fact, the, sta- uh, the show here, we're still on some Clear Channel stations, as a matter of fact. But we used to work for them as employees. You were a salesman, I the board operator, one of the board operators and producers, that sort of thing. And the Clear Channel at that time was the largest radio station owner in America. I wouldn't doubt that they're still that. They may still but be. There's been some sell-offs. But yeah, the reason why is because they got too darn big for their britches, and they got too bureaucratic, it uh, can be, it's, owning well, too much. The fact is, central control, inefficient. Right. And, uh, you know, they, the, the companies have a tendency to get stifled under their own weight. Uh, and we the, saw The government happening. forces funding, that's why it can do it. But people imagine that central planning and uh, central control are the most efficient ways to do things. But they're really That's how it's not. always been done. No, what do you it's mean? not. It's, it's not. Yeah. Well, that's, how, that's how the, think. Tell me how uh, central planning has always been done, because I, I'm telling you, it's yeah. not. Right. So Clear Channel got too big, and what did they end up doing? They decided to go private. They decided to go from a publicly traded company to a privately owned company. And they and that entailed selling off a bunch of their radio stations because they just didn't want them anymore. They didn't want to have them in their portfolio anymore. It was just too much. They wanted to focus more on their bigger markets, uh, their bigger stations. This is, as I understand the, the situation, and they put them up on the auction block. So as a result, uh, there are now more local owners of formerly Clear Channel-owned radio stations. It's or ended up. It's the smaller um, conglomerates. I, I don't. I think that are, the, are more local. There was the, a lot stations. of stuff's been up for sale. Yeah. Um, I mean, you know, I, I read the trades every day, and a lot of stuff's been up for sale, and it has been companies I've never heard of before. So, yeah, so it's another example of what happens in the private marketplace when a company becomes just too darn big. They just can't compete. 
You, if you're this big behemoth of an organization, you may have a lot of money at your disposal, but you're not as good, perhaps, at uh, spending it as maybe one local station or might be. Or customer service. Yeah. Uh, it's just, so therefore you lose market share? You can't possibly get to that 100% monopoly status in a natural free market situation. Hour 2 is on the way. You can bring up whatever you want. The toll-free number is 1-800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. And this is Free Talk Live. You ever have one of those days where everything goes right? First, I get the best parking space at work. Tonight, I have a date with a very lovely Rachel. And today, I gave a killer presentation in Sydney, finalized a contract in London, and demoed our new product in Boston. Online, from my desk, with WebEx. WebEx lets me take meetings and give presentations from my desk. I just talk to clients on the phone, and they watch what's happening on my desktop from their desktop. So I can travel the world and still be here for my date tonight with Rachel. Travel less, meet online. Go to WebEx.com and try WebEx free. Just click the radio graphic and enter promo code 600 to get a free trial and a free webcam, too. Remember that code, 600, to qualify for the free webcam. WebEx, now part of Cisco and used by more than 5.5 million people every month. Give it a try, free. Go to WebEx.com and enter the promo code 600. W-E-B-E-X.com. Free webcams available while supplies last. Terms and restrictions apply. See website for details. Talk Live. You can bring up anything. Dial toll-free to 1-800-259-9231, the SACL-CAI toll-free line. It's Ian here with you. And Mark. Join us on our website at freetalklive.com. The features, they are free. So enjoy those on us. Again, that's freetalklive.com. As we launch here in hour number two of the program, we go to your phone calls, and we'll start things out with, I believe, uh, Alex in New Jersey on the amp line. Hello, Alex. Hey, Ian. Hey, what's on your mind? Well, I got into a little argument with my father. Oh, dear. And um, it was regarding the speeding ticket I got in July. Okay. And mm-hmm. what had happened was I, I watched that Flex Your Rights video on YouTube by the ACLU, and they say that you should only roll down your window about, you know, okay. like like half a foot, like six inches, so that the cop can't stick his nose in the door and say that he smells weed, get out of the car. I think it's a fine, fine idea. Plus, there's also another more, uh, I think, legitimate reason, and that is you don't know if you're dealing with a cop. You could be dealing with somebody who is pretending to be a cop, and if that window is uh, is rolled down, he could do something to hurt you even even easier than without it. I don't like the advice. Right. So, so when I got pulled over, that's what I did. Now, the cop... When he got out of the car, the squad car, he put his hand on his gun and he screamed at me to roll down the window all the way. So oh I did it because I was being threatened by a gun. Sure. But now my dad called me a wise a-hole mm-hmm. for doing that because he says that I shouldn't walk the line, that I shouldn't protect my rights, that I should sure. just follow the rules of society. This is a and common... that I shouldn't make the cop mad because of that. And I said... You know, if the co- I said the the reasoning for it, which was he could you know do a fake search or a, a fake probable cause rather, and uh, my dad said that not all cops are bad and that only a few of them are bad. And what I wanted to equate this with is like wearing a seatbelt. 
I don't get into many accidents. I've never been in an accident, actually. And most people don't get into accidents. But is that any reason not to wear a seatbelt? I wear a seatbelt because I want to protect excuse me, protect myself just in case something bad happens. Good point. So, so if, if when, I roll, when I roll down my window only six inches, I'm protecting myself just in case. Even if what my dad said was true, which probably isn't, that 99% of cops are good, 99% of car trips are you arrive there safely, so, but you still wear a seatbelt anyway, and he still encourages the use of a seatbelt. Yeah. So that's, that's the parallel I want to draw, and I just, I'm so frustrated by my dad telling me that I have to conform to the rules of society and that I have to, you know, obey the law all the time, and it's just making me so mad. Well, it's just unbelievable. I, I, I don't know how your dad goes about telling you, and I think that that's important, that's important to impart. I mean, at 17 years old, you're a man. Um, you may not be from a, uh, you know, a legal standpoint uh, entirely emancipated. He calls me a little immature kid because I'm asserting my rights because I'm bucking the system, he says. Sure, sure. Uh, We've been called that around here, by the way. I'd like to to point out. But I was making a point, uh, and I didn't get to make that point. The point is, um, when you you do this roll down the window crack thing, when I saw that advice the first time, I think it was on Busted, which is, I believe, sponsored by the ACLU to some extent, um, the, the movie Busted. I knew that that was bad advice. Look, all you're going to do is upset the police officer. And whether or not it's true that you're being an immature a-hole, that's how he's going to view you. So you're saying, I, as an adult male, um, 37-year-old adult male, I don't like teenage men because I see the things in them that I, the mistakes I made and the bad attitudes I had at that age, I transpose my feelings about me at that Mm -hmm. time onto these young guys whom I've never met. And I think that it's a pretty, you know, having talked to plenty of guys my age, it's a pretty common uh, feeling. Mark, are you giving people advice to roll their windows down all the way with the cops when they could very well be an imposter looking to hurt the person who's just been pulled over? I think that the chances of them being an imposter in infinitesimal compared to the chances of pissing off a legitimate police officer with little blue lights on the top of his car. Yeah, I, I see where for, you're coming don't from. Don't forget, though, that, yes, it's infinitesimal that you're going to get a jaded cop, but it's also infinitesimal that you're going to get into an accident, so why should we wear a seatbelt? Um, I understand what you're saying. A, a seatbelt doesn't anger anyone. Do you know what I'm saying? You're going to get some. You're go, likely going to uh, to find some police officer that doesn't. I mean, it, the chances of finding a police officer that isn't pissed off that you didn't roll down your window seem, seems to me less than uh, finding one that is. So should people just get on the the train to the? Uh, I don't see how rolling down your window yeah. is giving up any of your rights. If he says, I smell marijuana, I'll say, no, sir, you don't. There's never been any marijuana in this car, and you're lying. If you proceed... Well, that'll piss him off. I'm, I'm going to video... I'm, gonna, I'm now beginning to videotape this, uh, this operation, and this will be up on YouTube. Well, now you're talking about pissing cops off. Hold on. Wait, 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 wait. You're talking about a situation where you're just dealing with a police officer. Most of the time when I get pulled over, I don't get a ticket. Why? Mm -hmm. Because I roll down my window. I say, yes, sir. I keep my hands where they can see them. You know, it's it's easy. Now, when when the officer is then proven himself to be a jerk... Ahead of time, he decides to be the jerk by lying about whether or not mm-hmm. he smokes marijuana. Then you start acting like a jerk. In this case, in this case, you're being 
the jerk. Um, even though no, you don't, he pulled even him though over, you don't, cons- I understand that. But he's doing his job as far as he's concerned. Because I understand. Keep in mind, though, Mark, that he asked me to roll down the window all the way with a gun, and I with did his it. hand on a gun. So <laughs> I, I got, I gave him the license, insurance, registration, and you know, I was very polite about it, and I was being respectful to him at first. And he said, I caught you going da-da-da-da-da in a 45, all right? Okay. And, and I said, okay. I just politely said, okay. But then he shined the flashlight in my eyes and said, okay, you're on a provisional license. You're going, you know, 76 and a 45, and you're telling me that's okay? You know, who do you think you are? And then he started screaming at me. I was polite at I like how he doesn't see it that way. He doesn't view it that way. Because he's a jackass. At the very first, you were being a jerk as far as he's concerned. I'm not saying that you were. Look, you know what, Mark? I like the way Dave Ridley handles these cops. If you've ever watched Dave Ridley over at RidleyReport.com, he's very, very respectful toward them. And when a cop tells him to do something that he doesn't feel like he should do, Dave Ridley says something uh, something very similar to, I intend no disrespect, sir, but I will not comply with that order. And uh, obviously, if he's got his hand on your, uh, his gun, you're all alone and you're scared, then you got to do what you got to do. Dave Ridley has a video but, camera, and he is uh, looking. So have that video camera with and you. And he then, is that... looking for the situation where he's dealing with cop. Now, when you're driving down the road, were you looking for a uh, civil disobedience uh, opportunity here, Alex? No, I was trying to get home for curfew. There you go. Um, so Dave Ridley is looking to, to some extent, antagonize the police into having some good video, and I'm all for that. Believe me, I like the Ridley Report at RidleyReport.com, and I want him to have those good videos, right. and I think that he does show these cops in, in their true light in a lot of cases. But I, when, when you're dealing with the police, you have to decide, do I want trouble? Do I not want trouble? And then you need to follow the path that's going to get you what you want. If you don't want trouble, roll down your window. They've if you do want minute. trouble, well, but I'm not keep your window I'm not cracked. I'm complaining about the cop. I'm complaining about my dad calling me that. Your dad like is trying to tell you the facts of life. He's, he might be doing it in a, in a uh, abrasive manner that isn't communicating to you properly. But I think that I'm telling you the same thing that your dad's telling you. That this cop views this as you being a little jerk or whatever. Do you, do you understand? Like, I'm saying it the same way your dad is. I'm just not actually calling you a little jerk. Well, I think that, I think that when you, you're, I'm trying to assert my rights and I'm trying to, you know, I don't want to say be a good little citizen, but I'm trying to, you know, protect myself. And I, I don't see how protecting yourself could be a bad thing. It, the cop... I agree with you, job. Alex. I, I have mean, to say I completely yeah. agree with you. I think that uh, you're very courageous for doing what you did, and I think Mark is just advocating that you bow down and get along to get along. And, and there is a time I, and a place I'm telling, for that. I'm telling there you is a time that, and a place that if you, for if that, you have a goal of making it home by curfew, you need to, to take the steps that are going to reach that goal. If you have a goal of you know, doing some civil disobedience, showing police officers to be violent uh, individuals that uh, abuse their power, then you need to take the steps to right. get back. And there are times and there, to have And you're completely goals. within your rights. I'm not saying you're not, It may Alex. not be a good idea. I'm saying you're not doing what right. you need to do it in may, order to get what you want. It may not be a good idea to do that at this point when you don't really have anyone who can back you up. So I may agree with Mark's tactics at this point in time, but if you actually do move to New Hampshire... That may be the uh, maybe the time to start really putting uh, standing up for your rights. Of course, if you're not moving to New Hampshire, then then you have to make a real decision as to when that time is. More on the way. It's Free Talk Live. This is 
Free Talk Live. It's your show, and you can bring up anything via the toll-free number at 1-800-259-9231, the SACL CAI toll-free line. It is Ian here with you. And Mark. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features are free, so enjoy those on us. Again, that's freetalklive.com, and they include the updates. You can get signed up. We'll let you know whenever there's something fresh to announce about the show. If you're on the updates list at updates.freetalklive.com, sent out an update yesterday, I believe it was yesterday, announcing the brand-new banner auction. We're auctioning off the second banner on the website. You'll get it for an entire month. You can advertise virtually anything. And you can win it if you're the top bidder. And the auction's going on right now. So go to auction.freetalklive.com. Probably will be going on for several more days. That's auction.freetalklive.com. And you also need to know about our friends over at SACL CAI. If you've got a company that needs to try something new in the area of collections, you need to get in touch with SACL CAI. Not only do they do collections, but they also do early out billing and they purchase charged-off receivables. SACL's employees are trained in resolving issues for your customers and treating them with respect. They know that not only do you want to collect your money, but you want to keep their, uh, your clients, too. SACL CAI. See their banner. It's the top banner at freetalklive.com. That's SACL CAI. Now, before we go back uh, to Alex, because I wanted to discuss more the family end of his call than the, the cop being pulled mm-hmm. over end. But during the break, you were raking me, uh, attempting to rake me over the coals because you're suggesting that I'm just sacrificing Alex to the uh, the gods of civil disobedience. And um, I'm sorry, I, I don't think that's the case. I think that well, Alex... sacrificing would indicate that you have some value for Alex. I do. He's a good kid. He's one of our amplifiers. He's uh, probably going to move to New Hampshire someday. What I hear you doing is saying that uh, it doesn't matter. Is all you've got to do is show these police as violent thugs. That's not what I said. Keep crack the window and uh, screw them. They're they're initiating violence against you. Not what I said. What I did say was that there's a time and a place for civil disobedience. That much is true, and that's what I'm saying. I said that everybody has their time, their place, and they have to draw that line in the sand for themselves. I'm not drawing any lines for Alex. Alex gets to draw that line himself. If Alex decides that he's ready to start practicing with this now, then that's his business. It's his decision. In fact, he's 17, so the consequences will probably be relatively minimal. Now, I know that you suggested during the break that you thought he uh, there was a chance that if he didn't do what the cops uh, demanded that he would have his head blown uh, blown in. It does seem unlikely. I suppose there's a chance of that, it's but a chance. he the did, guy did what the cop wanted the to do. He did what the cop wanted him to do after he threatened him with a gun and he got a ticket. down the window. He might have gotten a ticket anyway. He might have gotten a ticket anyway. Anyway, the thing is, you can't say, and I can tell you that that, that advice that uh, the ACLU gave him brought him closer to the ticket. Well, I don't know. It was his choice. It was his decision to make. And if he wants to sure. make those, if but he if wants you to get make advice that decision, and it, it's bad advice, I'm just trying to give him good advice. Wait a minute. Wait a minute, Mark. It's never good advice when you're dealing with violent men and women to disobey. I mean, if, if you want to go ahead and give people advice, Mark, why it's don't you just disobeying. say obey every single it's time? It's not disobeying. Not is rolling a... down your window is not disobeying. It's oh, antagonizing. It's no, because you didn't. When if they order you to roll the window well, down and you don't roll the after, window down. That's when it moves into the realm of disobedience. At first, it just shows up in the realm of antagonism. I see. And that's what it is. Well, no, no. They're antagonizing. Uh, they are the ones initiating the antagonism. They're the ones that pulled you over first. They're the ones that are stealing your precious time. And so they're the ones doing the antagonizing. I don't think it's unreasonable I think you'll at have, all. you'll have more luck with that line of thinking that you're talking about there, that they are initiating force, is if you... You know, do act respectful, do what they say, and then explain that to I them after you get their I think you can act respectful with the window up. No. 
No, you can't. Well, then you then you're subjecting. What? How will you feel if Alex has his window rolls his window down next time? I can't. I'm not saying that you. I'm, I'm not saying that you haven't uh, that you can't act respectful. It just doesn't show up that way to the police officer. Yeah, but if the if the cop's not a real cop, then it doesn't really matter, does it? And that's one of the reasons why the, you should the cops keep your window don't really care up. at all whether you're concerned about fake cops or not. I I understand they don't care about that, but you can explain it to them as to why that may be one of the reasons why. I'm sorry, I need to see your business card. And to make sure that you are a, a real cop or something like that. Or I'll call the department here. What's the department's number? I'll give them a call to make sure that you're really on the beat, you're a real cop or mm. something like that. You that can sounds do like civil stuff. disobedience to me. No, it sounds like trying to protect your ass to mm. me. Doesn't to me. And as I said, there's a time and a place for this. I don't know if I agree that now's the time for Alex to be doing things like this whilst under his parents' roof, whilst in New Jersey, not around other people that could back him up. Here in New Hampshire, for instance, there's a, a young gentleman who is not quite as young as Alex, but I think very early 20s. Uh, who is going to not be paying a speeding ticket he received recently, and there's uh, that's going to be happening within the next week or so. So we'll be telling you more about that as it comes up. But let's go back to Alex. He's still on the line, and one of the reasons you'd called tonight, Alex, was because your father has been basically telling you you're an immature little jerk as a result of you standing up for your rights. Now, Mark's saying, don't stand up for your rights. Now's not a good time. And I would agree with Mark that now not a, may not be a good time, but you may have decided that this is something you want to experiment with. You feel comfortable with experimenting with it. And uh, so, I, go ahead. I, I do. It's just that I could, if I was living on my own, I could do so much. I, I would <laughs> be just so involved in this movement, and I would, you know... I would be such a different person if I wasn't constrained by my parents. Act now. Go out and get a job. When they're, they're going and they're, they're basically telling me that I'm going to be a failure if I don't go to college. And sure, I sure. said, I'm, they, they, want, they, they say that they love me and they want me to be happy, but they got to understand what makes me happy. What makes me happy is sticking up for my rights. Well, this but is they a... they don't want to hear that. Right. This is and a typical... My, and my dad, he, um, he just, he's so close-minded, and he says, you know, the rules are the rules. This is society. We, yeah. we have <laughs> limits for a reason, et cetera, et cetera. I don't want to alienate him, and I think I already have. I yeah. think that he's, he, he doesn't trust me anymore. You're stuck he in a situation... So, it, um, it's like... It's like he doesn't want to pay for college anymore. Yeah. Now, not, now, I don't really care. I do care if he pays for college, but, you know, I can understand if he doesn't. But the thing is, is it's, it's really sad that he says that he can't trust me anymore, that he doesn't mm. brag about me with, to his friends anymore. It sounds to me like he's really it. running a guilt trip on you, and I think he's being a scumbag about that. I think that's kind of a low way to approach a serious conversation, to essentially insult you and say, I, you're not the son I once remembered. Uh, this this kind of nonsense is as though you know, you've come out of the closet as a homosexual and he's some sort of anti-gay guy, uh, except it's not that. It's just the government situation. But I have to say that what you're describing to me sounds all too typical, and, and I can relate to some extent as well, because I've had a, a, a similar situation. Obviously, uh, my parents wanted me to go to college as well, as uh, it, you know, because they didn't go to a full four-year university. They wanted me to go and do that for for them, basically, because that's what this is all about. They say that, oh, this is what will make you happy, but what they mean is 
boy, this sure would make us happy if our son would do the things that we think that he should do with his life. This is the, you know, the common thread or the common story that runs across so many parental and uh, child, uh, not to, you're not a child, parental and son or daughter relationships is that the parents want to make, you know, correct their mistakes with their kids. They want their kids to be more successful than them. And, and of course, that's a, that's a good thing. I mean, obviously parents want what they think is the best for you. But the problem is that what's conflicting is they think what's uh, what is conflicting is what they think versus what you think and what you want. What makes them happy Correct. does not make me happy. And when you're and in I'm a situation, I'm going to do what makes me happy, and I know how to achieve what makes me happy. I think that's... I love education, and I you know I know I can use that to make me happy. But when they are trying to enforce their vision of happiness on me, I am the most unhappy. More thoughts about this in moments. If you want to talk to Alex, dial in. It's uh, 800-259-9231, the SACL-CAI toll-free line for you. Uh, Mark, I don't know if your parental situation can relate to this at all. Mine certainly can. Maybe you are a parent out there. My mom raised me to be independent. Maybe you are a parent out there and you want to chime in on this. It's Free Talk Live. Our archives, website, and podcast will continue to stay free, but if you think other people deserve to hear this show, consider becoming a Free Talk Live amplifier for just $3 a month at amp.freetalklive.com. Help free some minds. Visit amp.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. It's your show, and you can bring up whatever you want if you dial toll-free to 800-259-9231, the sickle CAI toll-free line. It's Ian here with you. And Mark. Join us on our website at freetalklive.com. The features, they're free, so enjoy them, including live streams, broadband version, dial-up version, and webcam, all available at listen.freetalklive.com. That's listen.freetalklive.com. The world's largest machine gun shoot and military gun show is October 10th, 11th, and 12th at Knob Creek Gun Range. It's fun for the whole family with machine guns and flamethrowers for rent. Helicopter rides and 800 tables showcasing handguns, rifles, shotguns, and more. It opens at 9 a.m., $10 per person, knobcreekrange.com. KNOBCreekRange.com. So we are talking to Alex in New Jersey, having a bit of an extended conversation about his personal life, actually his uh, his life with his family. He's 17 years old, of course, on the verge of uh, moving out or becoming legally able to do such things. And inevitably at this time in life, if you aren't doing exactly what your parents think you should be doing, you're going to disappoint them. And that's a situation Alex is in. He's being pulled from two different directions. One direction, uh, at the very least, I'm, there may be more, but <laughs> one direction is the direction he chooses to go in. He's thinking about what he wants for his life, what he thinks is important, and the direction he wants to go in. And then there's his parents that say, well, we, would think, we think you should do this if you want to be happy. We think you should do this and this if you want to be happy. And so he's sort of in the middle between he wants to make his parents happy. I mean, that's what he's been doing for most of his life as a young person. You want to make mom and dad happy so they don't, you know, so they allow you to eat dessert and you don't have to sit in the corner and they don't take away the video game system and, and things like that. So you, you're sort of raised with the idea of, well, it's a good, good idea to make mom and dad happy. But at the same time, you're becoming your own man. You're becoming your own woman. You're becoming your own person. You're, you're moving on. You're becoming an adult. You've got to break away, right, away from the nest at some point. And it's inevitable that unless you make the choice Choices they want you to make, they're going to be unhappy, and so there's no way that you can have it both ways. You can't be happy and have them be happy if what you want differs from what they want, and if they're immobile on their belief system about what you should have. If their belief system is that you should do as we say, you should go to college, you should obey the state, and you should you know, just get a nice job and then retire at age 65, if that's what they want for you and you don't want it, 
there's really nothing you can do to help them. I, beyond explain it to them in a very rational, mature manner. Beyond sitting down with mom and dad and, and you know letting it, letting it be known how you feel, what's important to you, and how you'd appreciate it if they would support you in the things that you wanted to do. Uh, let's go back. Let's bring Alex back real quick here. Did, is, does that sound like maybe a somewhat okay analysis of what you've been saying so far? Absolutely. Alex, I think that my advice here would be try to put yourself in your father's shoes when you're having this conversation with him. It can be a very uh, you know emotional and volatile situation, and I don't know how your dad is about it. I you know I, I just don't know. I mean you know maybe maybe he's uh, you know doing everything but kicking stuff and throwing things. Maybe he's just uh, you know seething. I don't know. But if you try to say, look, Dad, I understand that you want the very best thing for me, and you and and the advice you're giving me would be good if i wanted what it is that you want but however what's important to me is and then explain to him that that's what you know that this is what my goal is and this is what i want to have and i understand that it's not important to you today and there's a chance that after you explain that 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 not much will change there's a good chance that well, right. what, what happened was we were talking about it or talking as in me going yes 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 and my dad screaming <laughs> That's wow. Screaming. Is. Okay, there you go, Mark. Um, Screaming. That's what we're dealing he's with. He's been hyperbolic um, what, in the past. What happened is and maybe... my mom said, oh, Alex thinks that he should be able to do whatever he wants as long as he doesn't hurt anyone. Oh, wow, yeah. the non-aggression principle. And right. uh, my I'm... dad said, oh, but there are rules in society. You know, you could hurt someone more when you go 76 as opposed to going 55. So it, it's, it's just they, they know what the non-aggression axiom is. And they rejected, they rejected it. it. Yeah. Oh, that's, that's what my mom did. You know, she made it very clear to me that she thought I was crazy, uh, that she, I told her I was going to New Hampshire and we're going to be active and not pay taxes and not obey and things like that. And immediately you could see her concern. She was very concerned for her son. She, again, only wants the best. And for her, in her mind, the best is going along to get along, just obeying the rules, paying all the fines, paying the tickets, doing whatever it is the government tells you to do because the government is great. And this is her mindset. This is where she is, and I've effectively left her behind. I'll call on her birthday, and I'll call on their anniversary, and maybe you know Thanksgiving or Christmas a few times a year just to give them a, a, a token phone call to, to let them know I'm still out here and okay, because I'm sure they're concerned about all that. But I have no real basis uh, for a relationship with her, and nor do I want one, because it's come to the point where uh, she doesn't want to hear what I have to say. I, I will, uh, we'll be in a conversation, something will come up, she'll ask what I do in New Hampshire, and now I'll have to say, I can't tell you that, because you don't want to hear it. You're not interested. You want to talk about the weather, and you want to talk about other things that are really relatively unimportant to me and my life, and that's fine. I don't mind asking you questions about your life. I don't mind asking you how things are going at, at your job, or not your job, but the, the business you own and what's going on in your life, how you're remodeling the house. I don't mind talking about those things, but when it comes to me wanting to talk about something that interests me, it's off the table. She'll get upset. She uh, doesn't want to hear it. She, again, thinks I'm 
I'm crazy. So why would I want to even talk to her about any of those other things? I, I hope it doesn't get that bad for you. But what you're going to find is that when you pursue what it is that you want, your parents are going to have to make a choice. They're either going to have to choose to love you for who you are and what you've chosen to do with your life, or they're going to have to choose to be mean to you about it and to be vindictive and to uh, to come down on you for it. And if they're coming down on you and they keep coming down on you, then I say leave them behind. Uh, that's what I say, and I know I'm sure a lot of our listeners disagree with that, but yeah, there, there's no point in allowing them to weigh you down. But it's tough because if you were going to get a full ride to college, what would you do? And I'd walk I mean, away. I would. I, I, you know, I, I would. I would. I think it's a great offer. You know, even like as a, if I look at it as as, as long as you're willing man, to be their bitch for four years, then it's a great offer. That, that's it's completely. I mean, hold on, Alex. What he's just said to you is hyperbolic and nasty. All right. Um, do, do you have a job? Yes, I do. do um, can you tell me uh, sort of what you do or where you work or something? I I work at a company and we do patent research. Are so you? So what I'll do is I'll. Well, okay, um, so you're a patent research type guy. Um, are you your boss's bitch? No. Okay, your boss is paying you in order to be there. Your dad yeah. would be paying you in order to act the way he sure, wanted to. Sure, you could to. quit. You, you could be... You could, would be really pissed at you. You could be a real jerk to your boss, too. Wait a minute, now, Mark. There's a difference here. You could quit co- You can quit your job anytime, and you could quit college anytime. But you would walk, you'd have walked into college with the agreement with your dad. Yeah, I'll go to college. Okay, sure. But if all of a sudden dad starts laying down these rules that you have to follow in order to keep getting money from him, whatever those rules might be, then you might decide, well, I've had it with these rules. Uh, you know, one year's been enough. I'm out of here. Then he'd be even more upset because nope. you wasted his money. You can, you can say, look, Dad, here's what I'm willing to do. And, and I'm sure that your dad will be all over this deal. I'm willing to, you know, toe the line as far as, uh, the, you know, the, the, the legal system goes or whatever um, in order to get the money that you're offering for college. I'll get the degree. I will finish that degree as long as you don't start laying down new rules on me. Okay. Here's what I'm willing to do, dot, 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 you get da, into da, an da, agreement da. in advance, it's not a bad idea. And then if he starts laying down new stuff, you say, hey, look, that wasn't part of the agreement. I'm yeah. not willing to do that. And it's essentially what your dad's offering you is a job. It's a four-year contract, no compete. Um, you know, there's a four-year contract and a no-compete on this job, and that's what the decision you have to make. Do I want that job? I'd say you should. I'd say if you're going to approach that, that would be the way to approach it with negotiations and actually laying out an agreement. Uh, write it down too. Uh, no, actually, it. Alex, what you should do is say, "I'm not going to be your bitch and walk out." <laughs> oh, that's geez. good advice. If he asks me a question twice. He gets angry, and he starts screaming even louder, and he starts saying that I'm really pushing it and that, you know, one day, you know, it's just going to be all well, over if I don't answer his questions immediately as he says them. You've got I understand. some big decisions to make. It's the decisions, that's the decision you have to make on the subject, Alex. And, you know, the, the fact is, if your dad is unreasonable, you don't want his money. You, yeah, exactly, exactly. <laughs> well, I mean, I don't put, know if he is unreasonable. I'm not suggesting that he is. If the terms, but if he is, in fact, and you need to look at right. that very critically. Not from the 17-year-old male How badly do but you try want... to step back and yeah. really take a critical look. Is my dad out of his mind unreasonable? Thanks, Alex, for the call tonight, and good luck. Let us know how things go for you. 800-259-9231. Is it worth it putting up with the crap, or should I just move on, be my own man, and move out? It's Free Talk Live. 
It's Free Talk Live. You can bring up what you want if you dial toll-free to 1-800-259-9231, the SACL CAI toll-free line. It is Ian here with you. And Mark. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features are free, and if you like the show and want to help support Free Talk Live, you can become an amplifier for as little as 3 bucks a month. Just go to amp.freetalklive.com. You get perks like access to the amp-only call-in lines, chat room, forum, and more. Uh, plus, most importantly, that three bucks a month will be reinvested into the show. We'll take it, re- uh, turn it around into advertising, marketing, promoting, free talk live, getting on more radio stations across the country and around the world, and also bringing new internet listeners on board with advertising outreach. You can get all the details on the program and get signed up at amp.freetalklive.com. As we continue with your phone calls, we go to Matt in Illinois on the Amp Line. Hello, Matt. You're on Free Talk Live with Ian and Mark. Good evening, guys. Hey, what's on your mind tonight? Uh- I had some uh, advice or of sorts, I guess, uh, to give to Alex. Okay, Alex, our conflicted young man who we've spent pr- pretty much the entire hour talking uh, to about a situation involving his family, not really understanding the whole liberty thing and you know, claiming they want what's best for him when he wants something different for himself. And so he's stuck in that hard place where many, many young people end up being, uh, you know, do I do what my parents want me to do or do I follow what it is that I want? First off, um, this this is coming from a personal, uh, my personal experience, and I'm 48. Um, I wanted to go to school when I was a kid, mm-hmm. and uh, my family's didn't, my family didn't have the means, so I worked for a couple of years and um, was trying to save up money to uh, to get to school, and I never really uh, was able to. Uh, but my mother started earning a lot more money um, than she thought she was going to earn and offered to send me to school, but I had to take out loans. And um, I wish I had never done that. Really? Now, looking back on it, in retrospect, um, I'm sure that I would have been much better off if I had just continued to work and saved up and paid for it outright. Okay. Um, yeah, I've gone on to, to have lots of schooling. And um, I've got a master's degree now, but I can't get a job in what I wanted. And that, again, is my own fault um, and beside the point. Is um, it your fault for taking a, a, a degree that's difficult to get a job in? Is, or is it your fault for not trying hard no, enough? No, it's, it's my fault because I did something I shouldn't have done. I see. So you've got a, and, some um, kind of something on your permanent record. Yes. yes. I, and um, I know what it's like. Um. So now nobody will hire me. And so I'm stuck in the job that I had in the first place. I took out a lot of money to get my master's degree. So Mm -hmm. now I'm paying off that loan. Wow. So my first piece of advice is to figure out whether he needs to go to school to do what he wants to do. That's a good first and, thing and, to think about. It's, it's a good thing to think about, and I, I think that it is rare for the uh, for a, for a high school student to, in fact, know what they want to do, and uh, to be right. I, I, you know, I mean, I think a lot of people out there imagine what it is that they want to do, but they don't know why. And I think that if you want to be an architect, you'd be a lot better served going and working in an architect's office for cheap, cheap, right. cheap for a year was, to decide this is what I want to do, um, and right. then going on to architectural school, you can get some good advice from the architect and and that kind and, of thing. Yeah, but they may not, that may not work for Alex because he may have the kinds of parents that feel like, okay, well, you need to go to college right out of high school. No taking a break. You can figure out what you want as you're in college, but if you want our offer, you need to take it now. And J- um, Jason Osborne, the PhD that uh, sponsors this show, said, look, if you can get a college degree for free, 
take it. But if you can't, right. go out and uh, you know, go out and get a job. And I have to, right. I have to agree because I think the vast majority of co- people with college degrees don't have degrees in the line of work that they're in. It's now true. I know that people, the the edge, uh, you know, the the college uh, proponents out there will say, but if you look at how much people with college degrees make versus people with only high school diplomas or partial college, you'll see that they make more. Yes, but if you were to take, I want to find out. What happens if I take out the communications degrees, the psychology degrees, and the liberal arts degrees? I want to compare them to people with just high school diplomas, if I could. Mm, and interesting. the people with high school diplomas, what you got out there in some cases are losers. You know, I mean, I'm sorry, you're putting me in the, I have some college. You're putting me in the classification of loser also. And that's just not fair because I'm not acting like the average person out there that has some college. I'm doing better. I'm trying harder. And that's how well you'll do. Right. So that's that's the first piece of advice. And then I have five kids, and my oldest daughter is 24. Mm-hmm. She never went to college, but she took a correspondence course to learn how to be a medical transcriptionist. And now she's not only making a lot uh, a lot more money than she was a couple of years ago and actually starting to, to move up in terms of the, of, uh, the financial or the economic ladder, She's thinking of taking more correspondence courses that only take a couple of months. Hmm. And they give her a certificate, and she'll be able to make even more money and more money. And those are very cheap. That sounds good. Yeah, and, and she's actually being, getting very successful. Now, she's 24. I have a son who's 23. He wanted to be work a soundboard in the, um, when he was in high school. He wanted to work a soundboard uh, for, for rock musicians. Mm-hmm. Then he wanted to be a plumber, and he started to train to be a plumber. Where, where he ended up landing is he found he had a thing for plants, and he wants to be now a landscape architect. And he went out and got a job as a landscaper. Sure. And he got a lot of um, uh, networking done. I bet. He knows a lot of people in the industry, and now he is paying his own way through school down at the University of Arizona to learn how to become a landscape architect, and he's doing very, very well for himself right now, earning a lot of money on side jobs. And he'll probably come back here and just have a landscaping business. So you said he's managed to do all this without you having to pony up anything as far as putting him to school? Without me or his mother having to give him one cent. And he's he's, he's a very industrious young man. Um, you know, I'm really, really proud of him. And he gets the Liberty message. So is he calls that... me and tells me this stuff, uh, a lot of this, the Liberty message stuff. My daughter, she's a socialist, but... <laughs> well, you can't win them all, point. right? So right. are you suggesting there, Matt, that, uh, that, that Alex should take a look at the offer from his father as far as the college is concerned, but if it seems too restrictive, just go ahead and, and follow his own path? Right. And I, I do have a 16-year-old daughter, and she wants to be a, a chef. A pastry chef, which if you're good enough, you can make a lot of money doing. Sure. And um, I'll be happy to help her with college if she needs it. She's going to probably go to a community college unless she can get a scholarship. Um, And me and her mom will help her uh, with college if she needs it. Um, But, you know, that's another uh, job where she might be better off getting actual work in the industry. And it wouldn't be unreasonable of you as a parent to ask certain things of your son or daughter if you're giving them financial assistance to ask them to do certain things or behave in a certain way or, you know, follow certain set 
qualifications. It wouldn't be unreasonable, no. but it wouldn't be something that I would do. That's I'm not interested nice in controlling them in any way, shape, or form. I'm sure they appreciate. I'm sure they appreciate that. Did you have any other advice? Um, no, that's about it. Just my last my 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 youngest son's 14. He wants to make video games, so I already pointed him in the direction of um, um, Visual Basic. Very good. Just learn how to use Visual Basic. If only more people could have parents like you, Matt. I thank you for the call, sir. (laughs) Yep, 800-259-9231. A parent that actually supports whatever it is their son or daughters want to do with their lives and gets behind them. I think that's great. I think that's it. it it's the only it's the only plan that's going to work if you want your kids to keep loving you. Well, just period. It's the only thing that's going to work if they're going to try hard. If they if you want them to be a doctor and they're going to try hard to be a doctor um, to please you, then at some point they're going to realize, hey, I never really wanted to be a doctor. Yeah, I'm not working for myself anymore. Let's go to Prasad in New Jersey. You are on Free Talk Live, Prasad. Uh, hi guys. Yeah. Uh, what's going on? What's on your mind, dude? Uh. I'm calling, well, I'm actually friends with Alex, and uh, I have, this has nothing to do with his topic, but uh, okay. we are discussing uh, capitalism, or as more politically correct stated, anarcho-capitalism. Okay. And uh, I was wondering before I even talked about it, how do you define that concept? Oh, I don't know. Anarcho-capitalism would be uh, anarchy and capitalism together, basically, right? The so, free marketplace so, so no, with like, no government uh, fetters? Okay, so um, and and you're for that type of government. You think that that can be, you know, that's first of all. I uh, I would not call myself an anarcho-capitalist. I would call myself a voluntarist oh, and a free marketeer. I uh, think uh, the I think um, the term anarchy suggests without rule, and I am not against rules. I think rules are a fine thing, uh, as long as they're on private property. So I, I but won't. As a point of clarification, it's remarkably similar to what you're talking about. It is. It's similar. Yeah. Okay. Well, um. I'm going to consider this, you know, whole discussion that I'm about to have as a learning process because I haven't actually, like, you know, stuck to one side of the argument. But uh, um, I'm for social democracy, um, which social is a system democracy. where uh, I would like you to uh, tell yeah, me more. Yeah, you have to tell us about social democracy Hang in a minute. Hang on, one moment. It's got the word democracy in it, which I don't like. It's so. got the word social in it, which I don't like. Well, there's nothing wrong with being social. We have social Sundays here where people get together and hang out. We have social fun. security where they steal your money. That's not good. That's a bad kind of social. All right, hour three's coming up. We'll find out what social democracy is here in moments. It is Free Talk Live. This program is brought to you by Freekeen.com. Freekeen.com features audio, video, and blogs chronicling the transition to a voluntary society. Freekeen.com also has comments and discussion forums so you can be heard. Freekeen.com. This is Free Talk Live. We're launching into Hour 3 of the program, and you can bring up whatever you want if you dial toll-free to one 800 259-9231, the SACL CAI toll-free line. We should mention to you that this is the final hour. If you get signed up for the Free State Project before the end of the show, before 10 o'clock Eastern Time tonight, then $25 will be contributed to the St. Jude's Children's Hospital, which, of course, is an organization that's helping out some cancer kids and their families. And so an extra reason to sign up for the Free State Project. If you've been thinking about it, you've got less than an hour remaining. Go to freestateproject.org. And get on board with that as we continue to go to your phone calls about whatever you want. We go back to Prasad in New Jersey. You're back on Free Talk Live. Now, you were telling us that you are a social 
You are in favor of social democracy, and you're going to describe what that means. So go ahead, Prasad. All right. Well, um, social democracy is basically a system in which capitalism and socialism are performed or intertwined. And there sounds are like systems... what we have today. Excuse me? That sounds like what we have today. Uh, it's, it's kind of an extension of what we have today. It's okay. actually more along the lines of what Obama is you know, preaching, a little more than that. Essentially, okay. Give me like, give me an idea of what that means. Exactly. Okay, um, I can actually give you an actual, practical, realistic example. Sweden, okay. uh, the European country, Sweden. It's uh, a yeah. it actually performs social democracy, where it has socialized healthcare, it has socialized uh, um, businesses, um, as well as capitalistic businesses, and it functions mm. um, pretty much as it's one of the more successful nations in Europe. Uh, well, and, uh, is it successful compared to the United States, or even I think you can compare uh, Sweden probably to a state? Hong, how about Hong Kong? State in the United States? <laughs> well, honestly, I don't think I think the United States is really like a coincidental success because it's not <laughs> surrounded by you know that much competition geographically, and uh, you know it profited from you know wars that essentially got it to a state of you know progress. Uh, I don't, I, wow, I, there's a lot of misinformation right. there. Like, I, I disagree with that. Now, now I'd like to go back to social democracy. Can we I, have I a little more explanation? Uh, okay, if we can I want to hear a little more about hear, what social democracy more, but I've got some is. Questions. You, you write right, your questions okay. down. We'll get to them. Social democracy. Well, I, I think that um, in response to anarcho-capitalism, social democracy creates a standard that's created by an official authority. Ah, yes. And, and who will that be? That will be the. That will uh, ideally. It you. would be me. You see, a lot of people think. I mean, when I when when I talk about the government, I mean, I don't I don't try to estrange that from the public, okay? Because you know, in democracy, in an ideal democracy, it isn't. You know, it's comprised of the people. So well, it's a, not a, though. Uh, yes, really yes, yes. In a republic, in, the, in a republic democracy, uh, it if, isn't. Because let me let me use pure, a, let me use an example here. Democracy is two wolves and a sheep voting on what's for dinner. Who's going to be treated fairly? <laughs> Never heard that before, have you? No, I haven't. There's, but uh, but you, you see, that's the way it is. In a democracy, there's two white guys and a black guy. We can decide the black guys are slaves. Right, but uh, in, in, in a republic democracy, at least the one we have today... I'm not defending the republic democracy no that we have today. I, I, I'm, not, I'm not either, but I'm not, I'm not saying, like, we should, you know, go to a system of direct, direct democracy either. What are you I'm saying? saying? I'm saying, uh, like, an, like, an, like, an in-between of the two, because republic democracies tend to, you know, make it so that a certain group of people are always in power, and it's usually the rich, the intelligent, slash intelligent. So and what would what look I different? To, how, would it, how would it be different? Does it really matter if the rich are always in charge? I mean, is the government going to be that much better if the poor are always put in some charge? homeless people in charge. Because well, not the poor, but the... But the if the uh, middle class are in charge, because those, those middle class are going to use the power of the government to move above their class. Don't you want to make more money and have more things? Of course, but Great. I would, you know... And, as and a, somebody know, in a position that can get those things is going to use them to, uh, to get them. What you're assuming is that everyone is a, a bunch of saints, right? Um, that if you can put them into uh, these powers and they're not... In, into these uh, positions of power and they're not going to abuse those back. positions of power, no, then what, they must be I'm... saints. And if they're all saints, then what the hell do we need people in positions of power for in the first place? You know, we're not all saints, and you're right. 
But okay, I don't great. think. And, and, and so if you, make a, posi- if you make a position of power, don't you think that the devils in society, will, the, the, the criminals, the people that want to abuse power and want to, to lord it over other people, don't you think they'll be attracted to yes, the, those yes, positions I, I, of power? Yes, I do believe that they'll be attracted to the positions and the seats of power, but in a system, like especially in the system today, I think that you know people or First of all, there shouldn't be, you know, that many filibusters and things that prolong actual legislation that defines <laughs> the person's actual platform. Do you think that you know the uh, I mean? do you think the founding fathers imagined filibusters when they set up the the, no, no, no. the role of government? That's, that's why I'm saying there should be a bit of reform in, you know. I totally you agree know. with you. There should be some but, reform, wait, but now you and I disagree point. on the types of reform. So then, what are we going to have? We're going to have a compromise, rule. which is going to be this mediocre system, which is going to look a lot like what we have today that doesn't really serve anyone and only. Only serves the politicians and the lobbyists. Um, here's the question. Here's a question I have for you, um, and this is coming from a, sort of a, a rights standpoint. Do you believe that humans have rights? Yes. Do you believe that I have the right to, you know, speech, uh, you know, to to do what I want, to say what I want, as long as I don't hurt other people? Yes, I do. Okay, great. Then, um, then you know that governments are implemented in order to essentially control those things. Um, you know, right. They're supposed to control people's behavior. Now, what do you really need a social democracy for, in, in Obama's uh, sense of the word? He wants to take from the poor, give to the rich, make sure the sick uh, are taken care of, uh, you know, feed the hungry, and uh, take care of all the people that have problems, right? So let's um, get a scenario here. I've got the right to do what I want, say what I want, work um, for my money, keep it, and... Um, there's a person who's poor. Now, do you propose the government take money from me and give it to that person? No, I, I'm not. I'm not. Promo- I'm saying it's Obama-esque. I'm not saying that you're going to do the thing where Obama's going to, you know, give tax cuts to the poor and give tax, you know, hikes to the rich. What I'm saying is a system that has socialized health care. But hold on. Okay, has, great. You know, socialized health care. Um, so there's a person who's sick. Who's going to pay to take care of that sick person? Uh, essentially the people, yeah. The people. So me. Yes. Now, but it's where did the a, obligation be, come it's from? It's a tax system. It's I understand it's a, a tax system. system. I get it. Here's a question I need you to answer for yourself, and it might take you a few days to, to work through this, but where did the obligation come from? Where did it come from that I should have to give to that other person so that they're well? I'm not saying that I'm not willing to, but you're proposing to force me because you'll either throw me in jail if I don't pay your taxes. Well, it's because of the it's because of the country that you live in and the ah, opportunity that's given you. Ah, the plot okay, of land. The, the, okay, the, the plot of land. Now, the it's the country I live in. Now, I was born here. Well, don't I mean, if don't you, you think that like gives a me rat, a certain? It's not the same thing as living in America. There's opportunity here that isn't in other countries, and you should be grateful for that by you paying taxes. You should pay, Mark. Okay, you live now in the how did that? How did that obligation for gratitude come about? I was born here. I didn't ask for it. This is what I've got. Now, I have rights. I have the right to work for what I have and keep it. But you propose that because I'm here and because some other people created this country that I am somehow obligated to give money to sick people. How was that obligation created? Uh, By the establishment of the... Yes, American government. Yeah, but the American, Without your consent, How did the right? American government, how did it because, How did it become legitimate? Now, remember, because, the Constitution because, of the United States was implemented by rich white guys, okay, that had no... Um, hundreds of years they ago. They have no legitimacy in ruling in the first place, and it was ratified by 10 of the 13 states, so it was implemented by force on three states... 
um, on, and all the citizens thereof, and forced on these people. This is just a system of force and coercion. What you're talking about, the only way to implement what you have is violence and imprisonment and violence. threats of violence. Are you okay with that? Is it all right? I think that's a little, you know, too radical of a viewpoint. It's not well, a too radical of a viewpoint, Wait, wait sir. a second. Whoa, whoa, whoa. If I right, decide okay. I don't want to pay my taxes, what are you going to do? You're, you're king. You're, you're, you're in charge of the social democracy. What are you going to do? No, I'm not going to pay either. Probably have to incarcerate you. Okay. Oh, now, what, hold on, wait, wait a second. I've decided that I'm a free individual, that I was born free, and I have the right to keep and bear arms. You're going to okay, send can... armed guys after me? Well, you can leave the country. I mean, it's uh, rule if I don't want to leave, what if what if your social democracy like ours has taxes on the way out and fences on the borders, just like ours? Listen, what I'm saying is you just want to kill people. You want to hurt people if they don't agree with your situation. Thank <laughs> no, you for the call. Eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. That's the SACL CAI toll free line. Good job showing the gun in the room, Mark. I yeah, like that. Thank that you. Always gets me all stirred you know, up it's, when you do that. He, you have to think about it if, when you're looking at these these situations. More on the way. It's free talk live. This is Free Talk Live. It's your show, and you can bring up what you want if you dial toll-free to 1-800-259-9231. That is the SACL CAI toll-free line for you, and it's Ian here with you. And Mark. Join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features are free, so enjoy those on us. Again, that is freetalklive.com. You can travel less and meet online. You use WebEx uh, for free. It's meeting software. Anywhere You can go anywhere in the world, and people can look at your desktop from the, you know, the computer desktop, not your actual desktop, your computer desktop from their desktop. So it's WebEx.com. You can get a uh, free trial by entering promo code 600. That's 600. And they also have webcams for free, too. Uh, it's a limited time offer, so go today. WebEx.com, promo code 600. All right. We go back to your phone calls, the amp line, and Johnson in California. You're on Free Talk Live. Hello, Johnson. Hey, I just want to talk about something that uh, I just heard happen. And, uh, you know, you congratulated Mark on pointing out the gun in the room, but I felt like a mistake was made uh, that was something I think you pointed out just last night, uh, Ian, um, where you said that it's very important, and this is a mistake that I, I thought it was a good nugget of wisdom because it's a mistake that I make very often, and that is to point out the gun in the room, but don't put it in your, I guess... Yeah, that's true. We did put it in his hands. That's true. But, oh, it's so easy to do with someone that wants to... just like blatantly advocating socialism. And and remember, in this this particular case... And it is radio. um, You're right. In this particular case, you've got got a situation where a guy calls in with a... And he's a young guy. um, And when I was 17, I was creating, in my mind, the perfect government system, too. (laughs) I was reading books on anarchy, reading books on communism, and I, I thought that I could figure it out. And that's what he's doing. And I think that... To him, you need, uh, you know, in that situation, you need something a little more forceful. And and I think that, yeah. you know, when you're dealing especially with Democrats and uh, people of that nature, they're, you know, they, they want to help people. They want to do the right thing. They want to do what's good for people. And you need to show them the gun in a more forceful fashion, I think. If we only vote him in, we'll have a perfect bureaucracy. Uh, yeah. but, uh, <laughs> uh, so Barack Obama is Jimmy Carter, only black. I think that there are two uh, tacks that you can take there. I think one you could, and I think this is probably the better one, 
would be to, you know, say, you wouldn't want to do that. You wouldn't want to have violence and, that's you know, take the gun one, out yeah. of their hands. And I think that's a good tact and try to make it so that they're, you're telling them they're not a violent person. They wouldn't want to do this. And the other tact um, would be to go the exact opposite direction and say, really, so you're going to send these armed men. How lucky do you feel? Because once I kill them, I'm coming after you. Oh, yeah, that would be really so, extreme. <laughs> so, I mean, if you're, if you're going to go the way of putting the gun in their hands, you know, I, I think that there's definitely, you know, I think the better tact would be to say, obviously, to, to take the gun out of their hands. But if you're going to take the other tact, why not put a little fear on it? I don't know that it's going to, because that's, that's going to make me think like is, yeah, I do feel lucky. I do. <laughs> and, you know, the other thing they're going to say is, well, generally to themselves is people don't really fight back against armed goons. Armed goons are a rather effective means for controlling individuals. So maybe it's something right. I should consider. Which is, I mean, and I definitely, which is why I say, you know, it's a common mistake to make to put the gun in the individual that you're talking with, put, to put the gun in their hands. And I think that the best tactic would be to, you know, convince them that they're not violent. You know, obviously he was a liberal, you know. So, yeah. you know, when you're speaking to the especially liberals, that that's a very easy thing to do, to sort of, you know, stroke them like, you know. Maybe there would be a more uh, tactful way to here. approach it in advance, too, where you could say, if I could show you that what you're advocating is violence, would you reject it? Maybe ask them that up front, and they, of course, would say, well, yeah, of course I would. I don't support violence. And then you go through the, right. you know, then you go through it and see, it is violence. And then maybe stop and pause and see what they have to say about it. Of course, we were out of time, so we moved on. Yeah. The other thing you could do is also show how, even if a system of power uh, came in like that, that they wouldn't be in control of it. You know, like the, the, the six rules of government, Harry, Harry Brown's, you know, that it would become out of control and that there would be other people involved. And think of the other people, yeah. you know, again, taking the gun out of their hands, think of the other people would have this the same power that they want to yeah. have wielded. What are the odds that you will end up being the great leader? Right. Thanks, Johnson, for the call, dude. Appreciate it, as always. 800-259-9231. Chances are good you won't be in charge. And you know, most what most people want, and I think what, uh, I can't remember what the caller's name was. I, I, Prasad. Was oh, Prasad, that's right. And what Prasad wants is a system that works well and takes care of people that can't take care of themselves. Sure, don't and we all want something like that? The system that works best for that is freedom and liberty. Voluntary interaction amongst individuals. Because when you look at how the government handles things, government is supremely ineffective at handling problems. It, it There's just not much more ineffective than government. For instance, when you look at the welfare situation, 70%, 70 cents on every welfare dollar goes to... It goes into the paychecks and uh, the buildings and all the stuff that the government has, the paychecks of the middle-class bureaucrats, not to the poor people. And then the way at welfare is administered, there's no, uh, there's no impetus, there's no um, uh, motivation for the bureaucrats to keep an eye on the money. What difference does it make to them? If they do a bad job doing their job, if they do a good job, they work for the government. They're never going to get fired. So they, uh, they do a poor job of administering. A lot of scam artists are on the welfare system. I don't know how many. I couldn't propose to tell you how many. No one knows. If they knew, they'd kick them off. So you've got these scam artists out there. How many? You, you decide how, what the percentage is. When you look at uh, charities... They do a significantly better job. Even the most inefficient charities look at uh, 60 to 70 cents on the dollar going to the poor people. So that's 40 to th 30 to 40 percent going to the bureaucrats. Well, they're not bureaucrats because they're, you know, they're working in the, uh, the, the charity. So it's that much more effective. You can double the effectiveness just by allowing people to do it themselves. 
All right, let's continue with your phone calls. Charles in California, you're on Free Talk Live with Ian and Mark. Hello, Charles. Um, hi, I was doing a, uh, for my AP government class, I had to do a current events project, mm-hmm. and I chose to do the banking crisis that's going on. Mm. And I, I don't know if you guys have talked about this. You guys don't really talk about these sort of issues. Actually, we spent you know, uh, quite a bit of time on it on Monday, but go ahead. Okay, so do you know what their new plan is for the um, Fannie Mae and Freddie Mac uh, collapse. Well, they're going to bail them out. The government's going to take over operations and supposedly, I guess, sell it off at some point. Uh, that's my understanding of it, Mark. Is that uh, well, they're, that was... they're um, going to sell off the good stuff, and then they're going to oh, keep right. the bad, uh, the bad debt. The government is going to buy bad debt from a lot of different banks by printing out money. I, I don't know how so, they're going to do it. I mean, who, who wants bad debt? I'll tell you. I'll tell you how they're going to do it because my mom, my mother, is uh, explained this to me because she works in the stock market. And they're going to form a resolution trust, and that means all bad loans and debt are get put into a separate institution, and the American taxpayers are responsible for paying that off, mm-hmm. while the profitable parts go, they, they, the CEOs, everyone remains in control. And they, uh, as an example, some CEOs just got a $10 million signing bonus. Sure. Yeah, it's, they, it's ridiculous. It's welfare for rich people. Yeah, their buddies are basically going to walk away with And that's some... politics for you every single time. Oh, the whole financial market could collapse, so we've got to pay these rich people a whole bunch of money to take care of the situation for us. Yeah, it's always about rewarding friends and punishing enemies every, every time. single time. And, it, and it, if I may, I have one more issue. Yes, because sir. This is something I've been concerned about. Um, I, I actually talked to my parents about Ron Paul, and I convinced them to... I convinced them to vote for him in the primary. Okay. But I'm not. I'm. I'm honestly not sure if small government is possible or the best way to go now. Because, I mean, you guys talk to stupid idiots every night on the radio station. Hang on. I go dude. to we'll, high school. We'll bring you back. I don't know. Mark's proof. We're going to talk to you. Mark no, would. Kidding. No, stop that. Mark would. <laughs> Mark would agree with you that they're stupid and idiotic. But I think they're just ignorant. More on the way. You take control. Free talk live. One of the bonuses you'll get as a Free Talk Live amplifier is access to our classic archives. For just $3 a month, you can become an amplifier, and you'll help us get on more radio stations and MP3 players. Get the details at amp.freetalklive.com. That's amp.freetalklive.com. Free Talk Live. It's your show, and you can bring up what you want if you dial toll-free to 1-800-259-9231. SACL CAI toll-free line. It is Ian here with you. And Mark. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features, they're free, so enjoy those on us. They include the bulletin board system, Shrine of Female Listeners Archives. Enjoy it all, and it's all totally free, so head over to freetalklive.com. I've been taking Dex C20 for six, seven weeks now. I've been losing weight all along. It uh, suppresses appetite without making you, you know, skittish and weird like uh, so many of those other uh, diet pills do. I recommend XC20. It's working for me. I believe that it'll work for you. Uh, you can get it at Walgreens, CVS, GNC, or you can go to diet.freetalklive.com. It has no caffeine and no herbal stimulants. That's right. Dexy20. Let's continue. Charles is back on the line in California. You wanted to continue your thoughts, so go ahead, sir. Um, all right. Well, I what made me what's making me turn away from uh, I guess the free market is people liking Obama. I mean, he he sounds like an intelligent guy when you listen to him, but his his policies are are quite frankly social socialist. Yeah, so, so is McCain. No, no, no. I'm not. I don't like McCain at all. Okay. Um, but I think I honestly think that right now uh, 
America is in, is in its death throes right now. I mean, as, as quote-unquote great nations begin to collapse, they usually turn to the, these two extremes of socialism or fascism to true? try to solve the problems. Look, at, I mean, Rome, when the enemies were at the gates in Rome, they chose Caesar, and he, and he ran away. Well, with with the kingdom, but so you're so, suggesting that uh, that that because Americans are so easily swayed by these politicians that they're not ready for the free market. Is that what you're getting at? Well, well, I'm just saying that I think I think that America is at least going to collapse in the form that we know it, and I don't think that people like people like Ron Paul are going to be there to pick up the pieces. I think it's going to be. The McCain's and the Obamas. Well, they can't. Maybe even they can't. Um, and here's the reason: because socialism simply cannot exist without uh, money to suck off of it. Socialism is a leech. No, well, I, no, no, that is not true at all. Because look at what Hitler did to Nazi Germany. It, Germany was in shambles, and he was a he was a I guess an insane genius because. He he made them a power to be afraid of when they were nothing. He focused nothing, everything. No he focused everything they had on building the military and then taking over other people's resources and stealing them and the, from and them. The, and the, That's the only theft, dude. That. That, right? I understand they no, did, no, no, and people will act in their own self-interest. So when there is a yes, power okay. center in in place, they will go after that power center, whether it's in the form of votes or whether it's in the form of being a politician or whatever it is. People will act in their own self-interest. The problem is the power no, no. center. Well, I'm glad you said that because people will act in their own self-interest. And as uh, Hobbes, Hobbes wrote in Leviathan, people are nasty and their lives are short. They're going to do anything they can to get ahead. The free market, uh, it, takes, it takes some time to understand. It takes some time to plan out how you're going to do it. It's not as easy as... I see where you're coming from. You're concerned that the fall of the American empire is right around the corner. And it may very well be. So, it could happen tomorrow. Hold on, Mark. Well, he's he's but, concerned but, but he's, about the... Here's his fallacy, though, is he's saying that people are brutish and their lives are short. I've heard the quote before. If people are brutish, a government can't be trusted. So therefore, I don't think well, he's advocating for it. Wait, are you advocating not, but for he's the just, state? He's, no, all he's say, be, being is nihilistic. Well, this, and that, that doesn't is, solve anything. Okay, so this this, I'm kind of... I'm hoping this will happen because this is how I see things, how things are going. I'm hoping that a Napoleonic character is waiting to pick up America because Napoleon was much more liberal, but he was a genius at the same time. He's not, he's not free market in any sense of the word, but I think he's much better than anywhere else we can go. Okay. So you're saying, well, so you're you're saying a benevolent a dictator? dictator that kills people? Well, here's, here's something I don't understand about... I'll say uh, anarcho-capitalism. You guys want private property, which I agree with 100%. Why don't we have a king with pri – it's in the king's best interest to keep his private property as, as well-managed as possible. Well, I'll tell you what, um, if you're looking for a, uh, uh, you know, the, if you're looking to have a thought process that's unique, you've got one. Because there, you know, nobody in this country is ever going to go for an autocracy. Although, I think you could get them uh, in the in the role of dictator, which is more well, what uh, I think Napoleon you can actually make I think you, you overestimate the American people. I go to a public high school. I'm in all advanced classes. They're idiots. They, I mean, I'm not a genius, but they can't understand... 
They love socialism. Right. They love Obama. You uh, they, sound they like don't... an elite. You sound like uh, somebody who's looking down your nose at the rest of everybody else, and I think it's a dangerous uh, Ian, viewpoint Ian. that you're taking here. You're suggesting that Ian. these other people are incapable of learning the same things that you have learned. It's just that I yeah, think most you're... of them are. You're, I'm sorry, you're yeah. wrong about that. If they been... weren't learning them quickly enough for you, right? You you happen to have come across certain information in a certain way in a certain pattern that allowed you to maybe be o- more open-minded to it than they might be to your explanations of it, and you've managed well, to absorb this information, it no, doesn't mean that you are any more brilliant than they, it just means that you might happen to have no, the correct I'm, circumstances. I'm definitely not saying I'm brilliant, I'm saying I can understand these things. They I mean, can understand them has, too, okay. if they're presented why, correctly. Why okay, I don't, think, I don't think there's an argument that the ideas you guys espouse every night on the radio are probably the best ideas. I think I've said with Mark most of the time, but... So why why don't people go for them? Because they're they don't not, hear they're not them. The they're not choice. presented to them. They, they aren't an option to them. And why don't you think? Why don't you think they're presented them? Because, because they don't the, want to hear the hard no, choice. No, that's not it wanna... at all. That's not it at all. That, that's not an option because it's just not available to them. I mean, there's maybe you shouting from the back of the classroom or something like that what the truth might be, but that you know you're just a crazy guy in the back of the class. Uh, and, and it's, then, it's you know, easier to go with the crowd and uh, right. say that's a crazy guy. In and the, in and the back you know, of the class. Ron Paul was the crazy guy on the the stage at the uh, the presidential debates which is the closest this message has ever come to having any sort of national prominence uh so i thank you for the call and i i understand your concerns it's a common concern the idea that well the american people are too dumb uh for the free marketplace but the fact is they haven't had this message presented to them in an easy to digest manner an understandable consistent way you know having ron paul appear for five minutes on wolf blitzer on cnn only reaches people over the age of 65 and likely and, and, and that the, and those people are set in their uh, you know thinking right. process and and hearing it for five minutes straight is not going to be enough for most people to really kind of click and say oh yeah he's making some good points he's frustrated and I totally yeah. do under, uh, understand it's right, because you're like him you look down your nose you think people are stupid uh, right? I'm, I'm certain that their IQs aren't as high as mine um, I, I know <laughs> what it, sure. I, I, I know what the statistics are now I think that they're the very best people for handling their lives that a yeah. central control authority is not not. Um, but at the same time, I think that there's there's a, a sliver of difference, Ian, between an ignoramus and an idiot. Do you understand? Just a sliver of difference. You're making the, 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 the distinction, which is the distinction is, as an idiot is incapable of learning, an ignoramus has not learned. The good news but is you they don't act have to... the same. Okay, well, the good news is, though, Mark, you don't have to convince the idiots. What you have to do is convince those people that are able to think about these, these issues, bring them on board with good information, ask the right questions, be persuasive, bring the thinkers on board, bring the talkers on board. We're the talkers, right? We didn't come up with these ideas. We just absorbed nope. them, agreed with them, analyzed them, understood them, and figured out a way to communicate them to as many people as we possibly can. Bring more people like us on board to get the message out there. More TV, more radio, more newsprint, more blogs, more websites, more liberty going out there to the people that can understand it. And once those people get it, once they come on board, once they join the Free State Project, which, by the way, you've got another less than 20 minutes to join the Free State Project and get $25 sent to the cancer kids at freestateproject.org. But take action, get involved, start making things happen, and then all the idiots then will become, uh, if you know there are so many of them, and I don't know about that, 
But those people that aren't really paying attention or they're ignorant or they're right. dumb or whatever, then when liberty is popular enough in general society, it will then become a decision ver- you know, between liberty or the status quo. And if liberty is popular and if there are attractive women that are out there talking about it and that, that it seems like something that people are really discussing, then the, the people that are just sort of on – that go along to get along, they will go along with liberty. They'll go ahead and choose liberty because, well, our candidate's pretty than the other candidate or something like that, right? Liberty will become popular, and that's the important part. You don't have to convince the dolts. You just have to convince enough of uh, the convincing people out there. And it's just the problem is that there's just not enough... There aren't enough liberty-oriented venues to convince those people, which is why we need to concentrate our activism in New Hampshire. More on the way. This is Free Talk Live. It's your show. You can bring up what you want, even in these remaining moments, if you dial toll-free to 1-800-259-9231, the SACL CAI toll-free line. It is Ian here with you. And Mark. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features on the site, they're free. So enjoy those on us. And if you like the show and want to help support Free Talk Live, then you can learn how to promote the show. If you go to promote.freetalklive.com, lots of low-cost and zero-cost ways to get this show into more ears around the world. You can see what I mean by going to promote.freetalklive.com. And you've got about 12 minutes remaining to sign up. Can we get a, an update, Mark, if you get a chance? freestateproject.org. We love the Free State Project. We're members of the Free State Project. We've moved to New Hampshire as part of it uh, in order to be activists for liberty in our lifetime. The idea is to move 20,000, at least 20,000 liberty-loving activists here to New Hampshire. We've had over six, about 600 people, I think, move or uh, actually in-state as part of the Free State Project. I think about half of them have moved. Half of them uh, were already here. But hundreds of people are already here on behalf of the FSP. More are on the way. We hear about new people moving all the time. It is exciting. If you listen to the show for a while, you know what's going on here. And you know that there's an offer on the table to make it a little bit better, a little bit of a better deal when you sign up for the Free it's State been, Project. It's uh, been just famously successful here for the last week. Uh, sort of you and I decided on the air that we were going to uh, give $10. It's not like we're rich guys or anything. $10 for everybody who signs up for the Free State Project mm-hmm. within the next week. That actually was over at 5 p.m. today, but somebody suggested we kind of you know push it a little harder on the last day and see if we can get a few stragglers across the finish line. And I, th- I thought it was a good enough idea that uh, I was willing to go another five hours. Ooh, wait a minute. Did we get an okay from the other two guys that were ponying up the extra fifteen dollars? Well, the one, this? Um, the one said that uh, they would uh, that they would match whatever we gave. So okay, so the, we are giving the extra five hours or whatever. So yes, I don't think it'll. I don't think it's going to be a problem. be a problem. All right. So, so if you sign up for the Free State Project by the end of the show tonight. The next 10 minutes or so at freestateproject.org, then we'll spend or we'll send $25 uh, to the St. Jude Children's Hospital. There's been people that have done this week. This is the biggest week, the, uh, from what I know, the Free State Project's had in years. I think it's fantastic. So freestateproject.org. We go to your phone calls. Rob in Ontario. You're on Free Talk Live. Hello, Rob. Hi, guys. Hey, Rob. What's uh, on your mind? I have a question for Mark, and it's about the uh, diet pill that, uh, that you're taking and you advertise. Dex C20. Yeah. Um, what, uh, how, how long do you take that, and, and what happens when you stop taking it? How long do you take it? Well, I, I don't know. I guess you take it as long as you want to lose weight, and uh, I don't know what happens. I would assume that you would, uh, 
if if you didn't take it for very long, uh, you would just return to your normal appetite because your stomach hasn't had a chance to shrink. But if you've taken it for a long enough time, your stomach's going to continue to shrink. I got you. Um, you know, and so therefore, so you might gonna, maintain. It's going to well, you're going to maintain for a while, and unless you you know, eat gluttonously like I generally do, and yeah. at which point you're going to stretch your stomach back out, and you'll have mm. to go back on it. But it beats the hell out of uh, you know arduous exercise routines when when that's not what you want to. You don't have time for that in your life at that particular time in your life, and you know it, it gives you more control. Gotcha. All right. Well, I'll look into it. Thanks. Very good. Thanks for the call. 800-259-9231. On screen to the amp lines. You're on Free Talk Live. Hey, guys. It's Cliff. Cliff Miami. in Miami. What's on your mind? Um, I was kind of listening to the previous caller, not the last call, the previous caller, and I think, generally speaking, he's right. And the reason why I think that is because I look, you look at society, and it's more of a bell curve where you have the pacifists at one end, like a 5% or so, mm-hmm. and then you have the neocons on the other end who just want perpetual war, et cetera. And in the middle, you just have a bunch of people that just want to live kind of, you know, generally peacefully. And so when you take a look at a thing like slavery, where even in the South, I bet you could find a majority of people that would say, well, well, maybe not a majority, but a good portion that would say, you know, they, they find something wrong with slavery. But at the same time, <clears throat> I'm sure if they had, you know, like uh, the voice of the sound, the voice of the thing, uh, we have to end slavery now. We have to end slavery. And the states, the states uh, decided to rise up against them and fight them. I think, generally speaking, they would kind of um, kind of want the people that are fighting against slavery to calm down and you know stop all this bickering because they don't want to, they don't want to start fighting. They don't want to start a war. Right. I would say that I would say you're right that there's been a sort of a continuum that's moved, and that the middle of the road has changed over time. But that's just a, a good argument for really why we should keep pushing liberty to keep pulling the road towards smaller government. Middle oh of no, I definitely agree with that. I just see, I just see it as you know, basically, if you don't, yeah, you definitely have to keep pulling society towards the towards the idea of freedom. Otherwise, you know, the 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 other guys will win, basically. And what this guy was saying basically was just this: <laughs> being that we're so easy, even no matter how smart you are, you just very easily sweep. That's just the nature of, of humanity. As far as like a good, uh, I don't know, eighty percent of humanity, I'll say, is just you know, we're fairly easily swayed because we don't want to be confrontational. So be, because of that factor. You're gonna have one side pulling on the other side, and, and if, if basically if, if you take a look at how the, 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 these neocons have controlled the you know, society nowadays, what they've done is it's really simple. They've controlled the money, they've controlled uh, the media, they've controlled the uh, basically the industry, you know, and, and that's that's pretty much how they've done it. So I think basically that's the same kind of tactic we should look at as far as New Hampshire. Yeah, absolutely. We need to influence people. We need to get... It's why I think being the media is so important, because people, for whatever reason, believe that if you own a video camera or a microphone, somehow your opinion matters more, or a printing press. So we need to get no, that out I definitely there. agree, but I think he was probably making his point a little bit too strongly, saying that, well, these people are just stupid. It's not, I don't think it's just a matter of being stupid. I think it's just that, generally, we just want peace. You know, we don't want to be fighting anything. And right. because of that, we're easily pushed towards socialism or fascism. Right, That's and it, even even though he, at one end or the other. Yeah, even though he understood all the points about liberty, he was basically advocating for a dictatorship. So no, well, don't go there. That's dangerous. And, and, That's what, and, and, and you're looking at he's probably a general. general if, you, if you listen to his conversation, he wasn't a, he wasn't a stupid guy. You know, he, he you know he, there was some some thought some some thought process. Oh, he seemed well educated. Yeah, his logic. Yeah. Yeah. So you know, you can see how easily you know because it's so bad now. He's so eager to have a free market. That he's willing to settle for a dictator just to, just to get that free market, uh, a, or, or, or false free market in, in, in this case. 
And this is one but of the problems with, with this is actually one of the problems with uh, with educated people is they are so darn smart they can figure out really really creative ways to control other people's lives and you really need to reject that if you believe in liberty uh, just because you think other people might be somehow inferior to you doesn't give you the right to uh, to advocate for their con- nope. for controlling them because you don't know how those people's lives are and you can't you really cannot figure out what the best no. thing is for them certainly not click any other thoughts. Well, that, that's it as far as that, but I just want to tell you guys that I'm working on, uh, I guess, kind of a surprise for you guys as far as uh, something that I'm going to discuss with you probably sometime next week. Uh, so mm-hmm. look out for that. Okay, very good. Looking forward to it. Thanks for the call, as always. Let's talk briefly to Paula in Florida. You're on Free Talk Live, Paula. Whoa, everything okay over there? Paula? Is it Paula? Paula going yeah. once. Paula? Yeah, I'm here. There you are. What was that? Was yeah. that your dog? Hey, listen, y'all need to turn your sound up. You've got it awful low. I can't help you with that. Hopefully the board operators will be able to uh, twist some dials in the background and make it better. But go ahead. What was on your mind, Paula? Okay, I want to let y'all know. The other day, uh, some Russian uh, planes flew over New Hampshire. Uh Uh-oh. Really? And they, they... The Mexican militia let uh, some people know about it, and I found out about it yesterday. How'd the Mexican militia find out? Because <laughs> they, they saw them coming in. Anyway, the they, they have a thing. What, they wait have a minute, thing. wait a minute. The only Mexicans that are here in New Hampshire are working no, at La Correcta restaurant. I didn't say there. I said the Mexico militia picked them up. The Mexico militia. But anyway, militia. they let somebody know about it. But anyway, they have what they call a plasma on their planes. A they plasma. can be, they can <laughs> fix it where they can't be picked up by radar. But the Mexican militia can find them? <laughs> they saw them coming in. Oh. But anyway, the thing is... They're using they, binoculars, they, Mark. That's... I don't... All I know is that I was told I can give you a number where you can talk to the person that no, told me that's about it, okay? Right. That's all right. Well, what about, I mean, what's the concern? So people are well, flying anyway, Russian planes there's, around? There's, I, mean, there's, I mean, doesn't John Travolta own a MiG or something like that? I mean, can't you go and buy an old Russian fighter jet no, and fly it around? These, no, these were yes, Russian can. fighter planes. MiG, you can go buy a MiG. If you can afford it, you I can buy a MiG. I didn't say a MiG. I said that's a Russian... That's a Russian fighter plane. That's what that is. Well, anyway, they were spotted in New Hampshire, okay, and then all of a sudden they have what they call this plasma <laughs> that they can do with their plane, and all of a sudden they just disappear. It's cloaking But device. anyway, the thing is, too, uh, we've got some very important news to let everybody know about. They disappear just like communist Russia, communist well, it, uh, USSR. Okay, Oof. there's some other news, okay? People yeah, okay. need to, uh, to serious, contact your representatives, here. okay? Right. We have state rights, and the government cannot tell us that we cannot drill for oil or whatever. We have state rights. Well, so, yeah, it's a nice idea, but unfortunately, you can't have rights unless you're an individual. It's just uh, more of a fantasy idea than anything else. Of course, one well, could argue that rights for the individual the are federal, fantasy as well. Yeah, well, federal government does not have to pass a federal bill for you to do this. Hmm. And a lot of people don't understand that. I want to talk wait. about the disappearing planes. How does... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I just don't understand why people are concerned about this. Whether it's a Russian plane or an American plane, what does it because matter? They weren't dropping bombs on okay, anyone, there's right? Th- there's things going on, okay, that I guess you're not aware of. No, like I don't have the fax machine next to me, so I don't... You know, uh, okay, I well, anyway, it's what's going yours, on. There's a big fight going on between us and Russia. Who's okay? us? Jay wants to open up a huge oil Ooh, field up there north Jay? of Russia. Oh, I okay? thought you meant Jay Jesus. Because she likes Jay Rockefeller, okay? Hey, we're out of time, Paula. Good hearing from you, as always. Been Ian here with you. And Mark. Look out for those Russian nigs. They're flying around and disappearing on people. <laughs> but luckily, if you've got the Mexican militia at your hand, uh, they can clue you in. Get their binoculars. Yeah. <laughs> we'll see you tomorrow night. And yes, you really can call in about anything. See you online in the meantime at freetalklive.com. 
DVD, books, music, instruments, periodicals, computers, software, electronics, photo, cell phone, office product, home and garden, bed and bath, furniture, kitchen, pet supply, automotive, hardware, apparel, shoes, jewelry, grocery, healthcare, sports and outdoors, toys, games, used and more. It's a department store at your fingertips. Amazon.freetalklive.com. Get all your shopping done, a great deal, delivery to your door, and a percentage of your purchase will go to Free Talk Live when you enter Amazon through Amazon.freetalklive.com. 